All right, welcome back to the Freedman Podcast. We are back. We sound sexier than ever. Well, at least we hope that we do. It is in this sweet, sweet lockdown edition of the podcast. Oh my god! It is the sixth of July. We are in lockdown, but we have sexy new microphones, a we fresh do. new sound, and um, we're just we're just coming at you with uh, with a whole lot of love. And and, and I think. Our timing of us getting our new microphones was really nice with the financial year because you know we're saving we're saving money on tax or we're we're ripping the Definitely. tax agency off, and we're 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 buying new equipment and it's a new fin year and so we're celebrating today all things financial, right, boys? Phil and Adam, great to have Absolutely, you with mate. me. And I'll I'm very excited in. to be writing off the uh, all the income I make off this podcast uh, with this new <laughs> microphone. If I can manage to. Earn $160 on this podcast this, <laughs> this financial year, I'd be a very, very happy man. The uh, the irony of a podcast that makes no money to having a whole episode dedicated to money. It's uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Phil, didn't yes. you talk about um? Didn't you talk about before we before we started airing? You started talking about not letting people behind the curtain, and you know you well, don't need to tell them about how little we earn from the podcast. You got to spruce mate, it up. I, uh, Mate, I decided that if you're going to let them behind the curtain, I might as well as well. I might as well open the kimono the whole way. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, listen, it's a new financial year uh, and I am, you know, to the moon, baby. You know, 21, 22, we're going to make this. We're not. We're going to quit our day jobs. Don't you worry about that. So, uh, yeah. that's my promise to you from Big W. Right. Now, listen. It is it is our dedicated financial year. Now, some people would say, hey, listen, it's it's it's... The Fourth of July. Shouldn't you be celebrating all things America? Ah, we've no, done we that before. That. I felt like we talked about America a lot. We thought, why not count down our top five things about money? Now, I don't know what that means. Obviously, we know Adam's probably gone down the the top five financial movies. Is that right? That's right. I got uh, got five very very expensive uh, movies to talk about tonight. Should be great fun. Wall Street for number one, baby. Be. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Phil and I will have our own our own surprises. Um, we've obviously got a lot to to catch up on in terms of sports. I actually felt a bit overwhelmed in terms of of what's happened in the sports world over the last two weeks. And uh, and fuck, and you know, what, boys, just as a general consensus, it feels like it's been a month. It feels like it's been almost a year. It does. That's how long it feels. So much has gone on the last couple of weeks. Lockdowns, we've had big sporting moments, we've had all kinds of shit in the news. It's going to be a fun one to talk about uh, tonight. I'm looking forward to it. So let's uh, let's kick off the show as we always do with our feats of manliness. Uh, Phil, why don't you kick us off, bud? Uh, it's obviously been a lockdown kind of fortnight. What have you been What have you been manly about over these last two weeks? Mate, my uh, my manly streak of this last two weeks is uh, my deep, deep contrarian streak finally paying off for once, uh, because the as you boys know, uh, a large part of my libertarian ethos is uh, roughly described as "fuck you, I won't do what you tell me," mm-hmm. uh, and a lockdown is you know not a good time for somebody of that nature. And so normally my contrarian nature gets me into all sorts of trouble. But at the moment they've told me uh, that I should stay at home and that the only reason I can leave home is to exercise. So I have never exercised more in my fucking life. And honestly, it's been a week of lockdown and I am feeling fit as a fiddle. I've stopped eating sugar. Wow. 
I'm 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 walking everywhere. I'm going on big long hikes. It's a great time. So uh, you know, my contrarian nature that usually blows up in my face like Wiley Coyote is actually paying <laughs> off for once. Uh, much like that episode of Family Guy where they have Wiley Coyote actually run the ro- run the road runner over with Peter. So uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like the cat that got the cream. It's it, it's all come together for me. So well that's done, my mate. manly feat of well the week. Done. Yes, I've um. Yeah, look, I've been exercising too uh, over the last two weeks. Uh, I've exercised my ability to uh, to wash my car. Uh, mm. I've exercised at a, at a professional car wash that was open. An essential a car wash, I believe An they're ex- called. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Adam, you're right. It's uh, I've been exercising my. I've been essentially exercising, so or yeah. exercising my right to to take care of essential services. So I exercising my right to obviously go to the shops during lockdown. Yeah. Uh, maybe pick out a nice new carpet for the living room. That's important. Nice. nice. Um, I've been exercising my ability to go to IKEA and find a new uh, a new uh, table and chairs for uh, no for COVID the there, mate. No COVID there. Um, I've been exercising. You know, you know, you guys know I'm a big exerciser as well. I've been I've been going up the shops, uh, going to the beach. Uh, you know, doing all those <laughs> things that I normally do, um, but just happen to be doing in these next few weeks. I mean, it is a it is a ridiculous. Um, sort of position that we're in at the moment. I also exercise my right to deliver microphones to you guys. Um, so That's a you felony. Know. You can't say that. <laughs> in, in That's all a $1,000 fine. <laughs> in all honesty, you've just talked about a whole bunch of different things, but on the basis of the text we were getting in the WhatsApp, the only thing you seemed to be exercising was your beer drinking arm. Going to oh get God. that. All right, well, well, how about that? How about this? How about we move into my manly feat of the week? Go on. Which is, is there anything more manly than bringing beers to a mate in need? So, uh, oh, long yes. time, uh, long time listener of the of the pod and supporter of the pod, and and, and on our uh, a hall of records, uh, Dylan Chapman. He is in a lockdown isolation. Uh, mm. He was a considered a well, his daughter was considered a close contact of uh, someone at a at a at a at a gym. She's a young girl. She was at a at a kids gymnasium class. Um, or gymnastics, as some of them call it in France, um, <laughs> and uh, and and unfortunately they were told to isolate for fourteen days from that date, and so uh, I thought my duty to to make sure he got um, a beer, a tasty craft beer that we were enjoying, and on uh, on Saturday night we were able to uh, over over WhatsApp we were able to enjoy. Um, the same beers, uh, you know, just sharing notes, what we liked about it, uh, and I thought, you know what, I gotta, I gotta deliver beers. And when I went and picked those beers up uh, from the bottle store, uh, the guy said to me, "Listen, that's uh, that's what good mates are for." Um, and so, you know, sharing beers during a time of isolation, I think that's as manly as it gets. So, wait, you took the presume- time to explain to the bottle shop guy what you were doing there. Well, this is through the mask you were both wearing, or oh, yeah, you yeah. just we had a pulled it down for a moment. Long conversation, <laughs> uh, and an essential circle. conversation. We'd like to think, <laughs> and, and I presume that you uh, you tongue kissed both the <laughs> bottle shop attendant and and Chappie when you when you dropped it off. <laughs> well, full circle. Um, the uh, the. Uh, the guy was, in fact, Hamish. And if you will recall from a few weeks back that we yeah. declared our Hero of the Week when he recommended the, uh, what was it, the Lost, not Lost Farm, something farm. Uh, oh, yeah, IPA. yeah, that really that really delicious beer in the golden can. Yes, the blue and golden mm. can. The one that yeah, that what a race. legend. What an absolute not legend. Not only that, I said to him, oh, listen, 
oh your name's your name's Hamish I, I don't know if you remember this but my wife came in and she had to pick a beer from a podcast oh you're the podcast guys yes and I gave him the Royal Get Farm out. Royal Farm Hazy IPA so uh, shout out to Hamish I'm not nominating, wow. nominating him for Hero of the Week but I should uh, for remembering <laughs> the podcast so well, uh, you can nominate him or, or not. He's my hero of the week. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> He's keeping a lonely dri- beer drinking man company through the through the mask with that brief social interaction you can have uh, in the essential store that is the liquor store. It's yeah. I'm going to talk about it more in the TBA wrap. This idea of essential services. It's it's a bit of a joke, but anyway. But look, it was well, that was that was sort of as manly as I could get. I mean, you know, I did buy video games for the kids just before lockdown started. I've had nice. a plethora. Wait, when of you Amazon. bought those video games, didn't you end up actually exposing yourself and your friend to to COVID because you're in <laughs> yeah. Westfield Bondi <laughs> Junction at the time? No. Excuse me, I was in Westfield East Gardens and I excuse went to Big me. W. And excuse me, it was for Super Mario Golf on the day. And excuse me, it's not the first time that Tristan has exposed himself in public. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, I, I did think it would be quite humorous if um if I had uh, uh, somehow contracted or at least become a full isolation isolation case for getting a game that I could actually purchase uh, through Nintendo Switch Online. But you know, <laughs> like I did, are. you mean like you did? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so look, no, that was happening. We've had Amazon coming. You know, Amazon purchases being delivered. We've had deliveries here every day. Uh, my house is an absolute mess. I'm balancing work and you know working from home and kids at home and you know the whole the whole last two weeks have been manliness but really delivering beers to a mate in a time of need yeah does it get more manly nice. than, than adzo tell me well maybe i can maybe i can look i am in lockdown and of course there is a serious limit to what kind of manly shit i can get up to while in lockdown um, there really isn't though according to what everyone else in sydney are doing. <laughs> <laughs> and also, given that Adzo's manly feet always relates to doing something Some in his shit house, around my house. To his house yeah. uh, I really don't see how this changes at all. We're expecting a second level, bro, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing so fancy, boys. Nothing so fancy. I guess this week I, uh, I bought my first pressure cooker. And it's interesting you said you got a lot of Amazon purchases coming in. We got a, uh, our first pressure cooker delivered by Amazon. I think, you know, 41 years of age. And I've seen enough movies and, you know, Boston marathons to think that those things just explode if you look at them wrong. But since last week, when it arrived, I have changed my tune. So let me just say, smoky apple cider pulled pork. Oh. And this is done in the quarter of the time oh. it takes in a slow cooker. Oh, Shredded, in. served on basil and tomato, wild rice with sour cream, fresh avocado. And those smells, you know, they stick around the house for days. Days later, the house still smells of paprika, cayenne, apples, and garlic. I mean, have you guys ever been so manly that you pulled your own pork? You can still smell it three <laughs> days later. I doubt it very much. I mean, in a in a manner of speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, Adzo. Nicely. So that done. was me. I pulled oh, my pork. Pulled my pulled pork. His pork. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. And my wife was very happy with me doing so. Oh, did I you... mean, he's he's the winner this week. Clearly, <laughs> did your wife did did AJ watch you pull your pork? She had a taste, mate. She loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You know, we think we're really clever by saying this, but the pork industry have been doing ads around this for <laughs> for decades yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a question. What? Why do you need a pressure cooker to make pulled pork? Like, what, what, is, that seems to me seems like something that you just make on a barbecue. 
No, no, it's a it's a really normally I would do these in a slow cooker, and it's about just cooking it down till it just absolutely falls apart. Uh, and the pressure cooker is perfect for that because you can do it quite quickly. You put it up to really high pressure, and uh, what would normally take six or eight hours uh, only takes hour hour and a half. It all infuses beautifully, um, and then you just shreds apart with two forks, chuck it back in the sauce, and before you know it, it is just the most divine fall apart meat you'll ever stick in your mouth, mate. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like we should just continue this conversation going on with Adzo to see how many of these he, these <laughs> things he can come up with, and uh, you know, it's you just got to let it keep running, you know. And and really, as a man who uh, who had a three minute microwave uh, butter chicken uh, dinner this evening, <laughs> oh, yes, um, Adam Adam is I might be the man of tantra, but uh, Adam is the man of tantric cooking. He just. <laughs> He just lays it out nice and slow. Yeah, boy. Make sure that it's wafting all around the house. I just our, keep it going. I hope just our keep listeners it going. are getting a really nice feel for the differences between Phil and Adam. Like Adam just putting this final touches, this incredible dish, the pulled pork and yep. you know, the apple cider and all this kind of stuff. And Phil's just chucking in this microwave <laughs> butter 100%. chicken dish. Yeah. <laughs> it was I mean, one of those... One of those ones I'm where it says, say take he... it out after two minutes, stir and put it back in for three more minutes. And you're like, fuck that, putting it in for five, baby. So true. It was actually put it back in for 30 stir? seconds. <laughs> and I, and I, actually, I actually followed that instruction this time around. But um, I'm personally just very proud to say that, uh, you know, my approach to, to, to sex and tantra is, is much like Adam's approach to cooking. Uh, you know, we're both... Hard as a rock while we're doing it. <laughs> and you pull it out after an hour and a half, mate. <laughs> oh, Phil, man. start the show. Start the show. <laughs> From the fat team to you, this is the Freedman Podcast. Strap in, gentlemen. It's so true, though. Like, as if... Has any man... I would say, Phil, that you are you have the unmanliest feat of the week by actually following the instructions by stirring it. I would say no man <laughs> has ever stopped halfway through. How many times have Peel you Peel ever- back the plastic. <laughs> stir. It was, it was the in. first time I've ever done it that way. And, it, and it, it just... It upset me, to be honest with you. Yeah, you're like, tonight I want this to be really good. So you peel yes. the plastic back and you give it That's a little it. wiggle. I tell you what, it was a little softer. It was a little more tender. Uh, it was yeah. a little more flaccid. I mean, what? <laughs> All right, hero joke, hero joke of the week, hero of the week, dad joke of the week, or weeks, I should say. Um, a previous winner was Adam Goods. Um, yes. I'm. Oh, just spilt my red wine. Uh, Adso, why don't we start off with you, buddy? Who's your hero yeah, sure. of the week? So my hero of the week, I had one all all put together, but I needed to do a quick rewrite today when news came down about the death of Richard Donner. Do you know who Richard Donner is? You may not know who he is, but you definitely know his movies. This man, he directed all four Lethal Weapon movies. He directed The Goonies. He directed Scrooged, Ooh. which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. He directed The Omen, one of my favorite horror movies. And probably best known for directing the second best superhero movie of all time. I'm talking, of course, the 1978 classic Superman starring Christopher Reeve. Now, go back and watch it. Tell me it looks like it was made in the 70s. It is incredible. So good, in fact, that it paved the way for successive sequels all the way to the best superhero movie of the time, 
Sydney Fury's 1987 Superman for the Quest for Peace. Oh now, God, I love that without film. Donna, we'd have none of that at all. But seriously, the man was a Hollywood powerhouse. Uh, he had a hand in many, many of my favourite films. He died this week, age 91. A really good innings, mate. And uh, my hero of the week. Oh, um, was that a was that a Freudian slip there that he was a Hollywood powerhouse? Uh, is that? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he was actually just a gurney with a skin suit on. Um, I think the powerhouse was uh, Harvey Weinstein, mate. I'm so glad we've got. I'm so glad we're having one of <laughs> these soon. pods. You know, whenever Too Adam, soon. if Adam gives you a little bit, Phil just takes it, takes he it, runs it, and he'll he'll yeah. run with this for the rest of the pod. You see his little Absolutely. face light up when I stumble over Absolutely. a word. He's got me. Absolutely. Shit. Yeah, yeah. When we yeah, when Adzo gives it, I take it. That's that's true, gentlemen. Damn right. <laughs> Listen, I can't. Um, I can't. Uh, fucking hell. I can't find fault. I can't. We've gone find completely fault off the rails already, Tristan. In <laughs> strap in anything that led to the development of or the creation of Superman for Quest uh, for Peace. Quest for Peace, yeah. which is if you've ever partaken in marijuana or you know, alcohol, <laughs> if you will. And you just want to laugh your ass off. Just put that film on, particularly some scenes. Actually, you know what? That's inspired me to go and there's some there's some particular scenes in that film that I need to go and share with certain groups, WhatsApp groups, yeah. because there's yeah. some classic moments in there. So it's just, it's just Gene for that Hackman moment. and John Cryer just hamming it up while some buff guy that looks like he was kicked out of the WWF stands there and grunts semi-silently well, a, a, a 10 year too late Christopher Reeve still tries to fit into his slacks and fly around the world one more time it's just too funny it's fantastic do you know do you know that that Superman is another one of those as one of you know iconic theme music made by oh, yeah. John Williams and um, it it's just it's just it, you forget that you know, you think of him as yeah, cool Indiana Jones music, Star Wars music. Uh, yeah, I think I think you had a high end in the Harry Potter music, all that stuff. Schindler's List. That's what I think of. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, it's uh, true okay. though. Way to keep it. Way to keep it light, Adzo. Well done. But you anyway, Superman go, Four: Quest for Peace. You kind of just go, all right, cool. Like that's a pretty cool. You know, that's a pretty cool. Um, uh, resume and then he goes yeah. oh yeah cool oh, he also did the Superman thing like, oh, you know what some people yeah, just have too, too much. much talent it's too much it's too, too much, much talent yeah. too much talent uh, good but nomination I do, yeah, I do really want to see Superman 4 Quest for Peace now I've never seen it um, mm. but I'm just imagining it's like it's as though Superman has eaten um, pressure cooked uh, pulled, pulled pork, pork for about nine <laughs> every years every night for about nine years, exactly. And uh, now he's just trying to fly around the world, but his belly's just swinging around like an, like an udder. Oh, it's too funny. So good. Uh, oh, God, that's very funny. Oh, good nomination. Uh, and uh, shout out to you. Uh, what's his name? Robert Jonner? Rich, Richard Donner. Richard Donner. Robert yes. Jonner. <laughs> shout out to Robert Jonner. Robert Jonner, our hero oh, of the week. <laughs> Phil, Phil, who you got, bro? Um, funnily enough, I went to the movies as well, but um, oh, yeah. it's I'm clearly going to be uh, Adzo's pick is going to be superior because the guy's just passed away and he was a legend. But uh, for me, my hero of the week is Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. um, not because of anything in particular he did this week, but he was on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast and having a listen mm. to him talk about his everything about how he creates, what his story is for like three straight hours. That guy is just such a fucking badass. Yeah. You know, like Joe Rogan's there talking to him going, oh, well, they'd never let you do this. And he's just looking at him. He's like, who's they? You just do it. <laughs> yeah. You just do whatever the fuck you want. 
And uh, basically, his career just seems to be this constant sequence of people saying, well, you probably shouldn't do that. And him looking at it going, yeah, but I am going to do that. And then doing it. And yeah. then it being wildly successful. Yeah, good so on. I feel like he's one hell of a masculine hero to everybody who's just like, I'm going to do things my way. Yeah, Fuck I was going to say, Phil, that sounds exactly up your alley based on your uh, your, your manly feat of the week. I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. You can't tell me. Everything you tell me I can't do, I'm going to do the opposite times 100. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, never mind the fact that I just followed the rules really aggressively. But, um, <laughs> exactly. I, was gonna, but I, I didn't want to I, point that out. But yeah. That's right. Sure. I followed the rules really aggressively, but I aspire to be the Quentin Tarantino who just simply says, fuck you to all of them. Has uh, Quentin Tarantino ever made a good, good film? I don't know. You know I haven't. Uh, one or two. One or two. Yeah. Never he's, seen uh, any of them. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Should, yeah, I mean, you put that on your next to do, buddy. Oh, yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood's pretty good, but I don't know about his older stuff. <laughs> I think I'd say like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not many people did. Really, Actually, I loved I it. I loved it. I love all of them. Yeah, um, yep. so good. Honestly, probably the Hateful Eight is the bottom of my list, um, and everything else sits above that. If I had to put them together, uh, but I, I generally love all of them. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of movies. Uh, Phil, have you seen F9 yet? Fuck lockdown. That's all I have to say. Oh, really? wow. Wow. Because uh, I, I, I missed it in that first window. And if you think I'm I'm going to watch it for the first time, not in a fucking cinema, no chance. I need to no come fucking up, chance. I need to, we need to come up with a new segment, some sort of category where we, I don't, I, I don't know what it would be, but somehow we get to nominate the things that we love in some sort of category when it fucks the world up. Because I did notice, or I have to say, I think my wife pointed out, that uh, far, the screening of Fast and Furious 9 at Westfield East Gardens was considered no. a close contact uh, event. And uh, <laughs> I actually, I'm pretty sure it was patient zero, Tristan. <laughs> Not true. Anyone who's watching a Fast yep. and Furious 9, COVID just bounced. Fucking, if COVID was in the same room as a screening of Furious 9, it would fucking be killed in the ass. So you reckon no, that no, no, guy no. that drove the limousine around wasn't a big fan of Fast and Furious, mate? You got another <laughs> thing coming. He's there exactly. driving the limo. He's thinking, "Oh, I could be just like them." <laughs> mate, Dom- Dominic Toretto would only need to look through the screen at the COVID, and it would shrivel and die. <laughs> agreed. That is that is how that would go down. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll be having no blaspheming against Fast and the Furious Nine. Thank you very much. Very well. Um, so some things so you I'm just getting- don't joke about. Exactly. So I'm getting another another period of anticipation now and, uh, you know, come on, break that lockdown. Break that lockdown tomorrow, Gladys. Let's talk about that coming up. i got some things to say. All right. You Good. know, we haven't we actually haven't had a Tristan border tirade, you know, lockdown tirade for a while. So it's, I think it's, it's due. Um, I think we're going to have a crossover segment, Tristan, but... Uh, yeah, no, we'll, well, I just we'll feel like there's a lot to talk about. So it's all good. Um... All right, so my hero of the week. Now, I don't quite know who to nominate here because it, it could be a barrage of three people all connected to the one story. Does it go to uh, to Roy Bing, the uh, Sydney electronic music artist? Does it go to Jordan Charles Herbert or Herbert? I don't know how you pronounce it. A uh, alluring uh, uh, music video dancer. Mm-hmm. Or does it go to Ray Warren? Yes, Ray Warren, the uh, the the NRL commentator. Uh, commentator. How do they all? How the, how are all three connected? Well, Roy Bing has created a techno house banger, featuring some of the greatest commentary by Ray Warren. Get out! 
and film and it's it's with an alluring video of and now when i say alluring and this is where and listen listen if you're listening to this podcast for the first time uh or you're not sure where we sit you know on the political spectrum in terms of political political correctness i don't want to you know shoot my uh shoot myself in the foot here but uh i, I suppose it's a, a man who looks like a woman so is that trap i don't know if that's trans you know trans anyway you know what i'm getting just at. say you don't know easy tristan easy <laughs> i get it i don't get it so yes uh so this uh this fantastic dancer features in the video and uh uh it's just rabs uh, some great commentary, and obviously, I'm going to insert a, a, a clip of the sound into here, which we've, of course, legally bought through uh, all of our <laughs> you know, production channels. Um, yeah. But I like we did watch. with everything is awesome, and notice we legally bought that two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know it. So, uh, so, so, I probably will have to nominate uh, Roy Bing, uh, who put this video together. He said he was listening to uh, to Rabs. He's always loved Rabs on on TV, yeah. watching the NRL. Um, and he just realized that, man, if, if, if I put this to some sweet, sweet bangs, this could turn into an awesome song. And let me tell you, it's incredible. So you've got to go out there and listen to it. It includes such lines as Hodgson lassoed by Talus. Look at Talus, look at Talus, look at Talus, look at Talus, look at Talus. He drags him. It's incredible with the beats <laughs> in the background. It is one of the great songs. Kind of, you know, fitting that obviously... NRL has been in the news this week for, which is surprising, bad reasons. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I, it's it's hard to obviously explain until uh, until you've actually uh, seen the song and listened to the song. But uh, I'll share it, and then I think you'll understand. So I get that it might not necessarily win, but I just felt like, listen, you know, Ray Warren is the is the uh, feature head of my NRL fantasy team this year. We all love him. Adzo and I want to boof him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but that is my nomination, and uh, and go and have a listen. All right. Look, there's, there's there's really one main thing to that is that it feels like that song is a natural extension of when Pendulum did the ABC oh, theme yeah. song. Yes. Of like, let's just Good take call. really classic bits from our childhood and uh, make an absolute banger out of it. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Roy Bing, uh, he's he's definitely my hero. He's my hero, and I'm really looking forward to Tristan not inserting that and just putting in the Game of Game of Thrones thing again. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> suggest fuck with it. <laughs> Jesus, I can't. Not again. Not I'm again. Not, I won't. I won't. I won't do that this time. But uh, yeah, so that's my number. So who who are we going with, boys? I got to put someone up on the website. Uh, bada Jimmy bing, bada Jonathan, boom, isn't it? Uh, Rini Runner. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah, I'm voting bing, bing too. Bing, bada right. boom, done. Okay. All right. Uh, only well because only because Richard Donner didn't actually direct Superman 4 Quest for Peace. So Sidney yeah, Fury, when he finally dies, is absolutely going to be our hero of the week. Just so you know. You know what? <laughs> that's, a, that's a promise to you. That is that's a, a promise. promise. 100%. Yep. That's a promise. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Dad joke of the week. Um, <clears throat> all right. It is our financial end of year uh, themed episode. So did you hear about the constipated financial planner? No, he couldn't budget. Oy. Oh. I was expecting that he worked it out with a pencil. But, uh. <laughs> nice, nice. Our listeners are trying to work out whether that pause in between my delivery of the joke and you trying it was, was related to uh, to media to, to um, 
It's all buffering, mate. <laughs> buffering. They're like, no. Nah. <laughs> no, that was just them trying to dissect the joke. Yeah. No, Work out where it's funny or not. Uh, so I had a money-related joke, but it's a screenshot on my phone, which we're now using for this recording. So I'm going to have to go with the one that I wrote down, which is uh, non-money-related. But how do you organize a space party? A space party? Yep. You plan it. Okay. <laughs> hey yo. Yeah. No, it's definitely it's definitely a joke. <laughs> it's it's good it's joke. good to know it's good it to know that to be even financial. It's fine. It, it, it's good to know that even remotely Adzo's disdain for my dad jokes holds up. <laughs> and I really joke. get to look at his face while he while he voices that disdain now too. It's quite yeah. special. All right. Well, um interestingly <laughs> fit, enough, what fit what, but <laughs> One of my first jobs was actually at a bank. Uh, so this one's not so much of as a joke as it is a true story. Um, I was actually working down at the Rockdale St. George. Now, this was mm. pre the Westpac acquisition. So there was still, you know, a little bit of pride about the place. Everyone felt like a family. But anyway, uh, one day, it was a Tuesday, a, um, a robber came in. He pulls out a gun and he says, give me all your money. I needed to set myself in a, in a trade or a profession and I need an initial investment that I need to cover my overheads and that is until my cash flow is established and my deliverables are able to scale. The bank manager, he was behind me and he whispered, you better do what he says. I think he means business. Oh, very nice. Very nice. And can I ask, given that you went to the St. George Bank, uh, did, did you then come home from writing this joke and hide under your bed like Jack DeBlin? Hey, that's coming up in the sports down, mate. You can mention coming that up in the sports down. <laughs> coming up in the sports down. <laughs> very good, very timely, very, very topical, Phil. But let's dissect that joke for one second, okay? Okay. Can um, we can we just move on, Tristan? We could just move on. <laughs> as quickly We've never as possible. Needed to dissect one of my jokes before. I just liked it. I really liked it. I really enjoyed okay. it. It was wasn't too long. It was. Um, he means business. I get it. It was good. It was sometimes I have joke. to think about Adam's jokes. Sometimes, okay. but uh, in that one, I just not this. It time. was a nice delivery. Okay. No, it was. I mean, it was on, nice. honestly, it's usually about the time he delivered the punchline. This time that I check out on the joke <laughs> uh, and stop listening. So he delivered it just in time, just as my brain was going. Oh, fucking! Here we go again. <laughs> and uh, and you delivered the punchline just in time for my attention span. Well done. Well All done. Right. Well done. You know, I don't hang shit on your jokes every time you say them, boys. Just so you know, just. Uh, Anyway, I never hang Says, shit on yours at all. I was praising. No, no, no. It. You know what, Tristan? You've been nothing but respectful. I don't. I got no problem with you, mate. <laughs> He's high rating. He's high rating. <laughs> um, all, all right, we right. got a we got a lot to dissect over the next uh, from what's happened in the last couple of weeks. So uh, let's let's kick on with our TBA. <laughs> How's the view from up there on that high horse, Adam? Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, good. Are you seeing? Are you seeing good TBA rap worthy news from Phil up there? Loves, yeah. Phil loves. Yeah. You're getting a Phil. nice breeze up there on your cross, are you, mate? Hundred <laughs> percent. Phil loves a good low horse to high horse uh, banter. It's yeah. one Absolutely. of his specialties. Absolutely. Is it lonely up there on your pedestal, Philip? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just over here beating my dead horse. <laughs> All right, the TBA rap guys. It has been a uh, monumentous couple of weeks. We have yeah. um, never stopped uh, giving shout outs to the cities and states when they've been in lockdown. We are in lockdown. Uh, and so obviously that 
uh, dominates most of the news. And uh, for the first time, um, I'm feeling annoyed. I'm feeling yeah. angry. Uh, not angry as in, you know, I-, I tell you what, I'm going to be pissed off with if tomorrow they announce that schools will not reopen when they've had car washes open and yeah. malls open. And so the, the reject that- shop at Rockdale Plaza was open. And so was the Prouds. I'm like, what are you people doing in listen, there? Listen, listen, it thing- is never. I will, I will, I will, what do they say? I might not the- agree with you, but I will... Uh, defend I will to the death. De- defend right. to the death. The, your right to go and buy two-year-old Christmas decorations at the reject store. <laughs> or really weird, cheap knockoff uh, shampoos at the reject store. Off-brand um, chocolates. Um, there's, there's genuinely, gentlemen, nothing quite like the feeling of having your um, sole trader enterprise declared non-essential and therefore have your entire income taken away, only to pop down to Broadway and notice that you can, in fact, buy a great new blazer from politics. <laughs> so Huzzah! True. So true. So weird. Now, I, I, read a, I, I read a few articles about this and, and sort of the definition. So there's a couple of things to sort of unpack here. I think the definition of it is that an essential... You know, service, you know, is very relative and subjective to someone. So if someone is, uh, has moved into a house and they need towels, well, they need to buy towels from somewhere. So that would be considered an essential service. I'm still trying to fathom how a professional car wash fits into essential. Uber drivers. Okay. Good point. Uber drivers. Great call. So there you go. You can say that about anything. Like the Prouds in my shopping center was open. A Prouds. What what essential jewelry can you possibly imagine you need? I don't know. Mum's birthday. Like, okay, stay open. That's exactly right. And and look, I think think there's more at play here. I think that the government isn't that stupid that, you know, because people are saying, well, how is this a lockdown? You know, we're allowed to do, you know, we're not supposed to do this and yet shops are open. And they've obviously gone down... Gladiator Gladys has gone down the path that, listen, you know, you citizens, you make the right choices. They've put it kind of on us. And I think that's a very clever tactic by them because... It's a bold move, Carden. It's a bold move, <laughs> Let's see how it plays out. No, because that's not what it's about. Ultimately, the liberal go- it's a liberal government. And Phil, you know, you're, you're, you're into government a lot more and in politics a lot more than I do. Ooh, a Zephyr. Adam's cracking up Zephyr. a Zephyr. Good one. Such a good Strap drink. in. So... I think that ultimately Gladys has has very proudly uh, played the. Uh, I think someone said she's played the cool mom, right? She's been the cool mom. Yeah, she hasn't shut shit tonight. down. Yeah, yeah. She hasn't think, and she's her huge. She's hugely popular at the moment because really Sydney continues to lead, and New South Wales continues to lead Australia in terms of economic growth. It's obviously a very it's a powerhouse, right? So you have to treat Sydney and and New South Wales in a, in a bit of a different light. So I think there's a method to the madness here. Shout out to the Wombats, the song that I recently like in their latest clip. There is a method to the madness here, which is <laughs> okay. that you put it on the people, you create a stay-at-home order, and I'm putting in the inverted commas, you put in a stay-at-home order, you kind of put it on the population, and assuming that things don't inflate and escalate too much, um, and, and you know things don't sort of get out of control, you're going to still be seen as popular because you kept the economy going, people kind of, you know, find this middle ground so people looking around sure i went down to coogee today and it felt like a regular day you know school holidays people are around people are out and enjoying themselves you know obviously it's going to fall on on its ass when uh if people you know if it grows and people get sick and so on but here's the second part of all of that i have been speaking with people who are in the 
a part of the medical association and a big part of the the thing they're talking about is notice how they're mentioning cases they mention cases a lot but they don't talk about severity of cases and that's because this virus is you know the the the, the thought behind and what a lot of medical um, association people are thinking is that the virus is doing its course yes this strain is traveling around and yes it's infectious but we're dealing with it better we're managing it better and so politics is now starting to really take over when it comes to COVID, and that is why i am starting to get perturbed uh, and annoyed and what I will be really angry about is if for some reason they don't open schools for whatever reason and yet all these other essential services were open over the last two weeks and I can't send my fucking children to school (laughs) on Monday but I could have gone and got my fucking car washed then there's going to be something wrong. That's why I'm fairly confident that tomorrow, even if the lockdown is extended, I'm almost certain that schools will remain open. But I think that that what we're seeing is um, we're seeing a very interesting thing playing out in Australia and politics has taken over this this thing more than it has in the past. What, what do you guys think? Well, Tristan... Um Speaking of politics, the thing that comes to mind being that uh, you're looking around going, yeah, some of this is a bit ridiculous, but, you know, Gladys is being the cool mum and she's just keeping things as open as she can. But I swear to God, if they don't open the schools, I'm going to break something. <laughs> is it as, as the great Paul Keating would have said, always back self-interest, at least you know it's trying. Uh, so, you know, the self-interest is, is coming in very strongly there. But, um, yeah, it is very interesting to watch all around the world the fact that, We've got to remember that public health campaigns are a political animal. They are science mixed with politics. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it's like public health as opposed to the medical institutions are two different things. Um, and there's always, like right throughout, there's been a politicization of this thing. This is what all the state border closures have been about, right? Like keeping Queensland safe for Queenslanders and all that sort of stuff. Um and there's always going to be an element of playing politics with it. I have been as frustrated as I am as, you know, a, a masseuse being one of the things that I do. Um, that being technically, it's just been greenlit now as something that I can do as an essential service if both parties are wearing a mask, which is going to be unpleasant but doable. But to have my business halted basically for 10 days and then walk past the politics is, is, is shithouse, right? Yeah. Um, but... That said, once again, given the circumstances, I do think Gladys is doing a pretty good job of things. Um, and people talk about, oh, cool mum Gladys, but it's like, we don't need a mum, we need politicians. We're not children. Um, you know, let's let's just try and get on with life as best we possibly can while keeping transmission low. Um, and this Delta variant appears to be a bit of a mofo. Um, but yeah, we've it's, it's this awkwardness really between the two things of yes you can see it being politicized to a certain degree yes public health campaigns and if you look at some of the stuff that's gone on in the u.s there's been so many lies and whatnot levied at different times um but gladys still seems to be doing a pretty good job under the circumstances yeah look i think i think she is um i think you know we say oh we're not children uh but the way I've seen people behaving over the last week, week and a half, has been the opposite of that. They're they're clearly thumbing their nose at the at the suggestions uh, to only leave the house for essential reasons. They're, they're popping down to my local park with a blanket and a, and a six pack and uh, 
and calling it exercise while they sit there with 12 mates and, uh, and have, a, have a day of it. Um, I think one of the biggest uh, issues that we have, though, is just the incredibly low take-up of vaccinations, um, both in terms of the rollout uh, from our government, but also just the trepidation from the public themselves to go ahead and do it. I think uh, there's been certainly a complacency, uh, a, a lack of urgency about the vaccinations because we felt almost untouchable as an island uh, with you know some of the lowest cases in the world. But then you look around us now, you know, you know, the UK is up around 50%. You've got, you know, countries that you wouldn't expect to be above 50%. You know, Mongolia is up uh, 54%. I think Chile no, is I up always said 57%. Mongolia. I always said Mongolia would be leading the, the, the modern world. Leading the, yeah. <laughs> well, Gibraltar apparently, I think, is leading with 99% of their population yeah. is now fully, fully vaccinated. Charging, but they've only got about charging, eight people there. Um, charging but, I mean, through the vaccination fields like Genghis Khan himself. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting at what about seven percent? I think around twenty-five percent have had their first needle, um, but that's that's a big part of the problem there. Uh, and you know, in in some ways, yeah, the government's to blame for not making it easy. In other ways, the media's to blame is because the front page of the news is every time something goes wrong with a AstraZeneca virus, there it is, front and center for people to get scared about. Um, but but that's at how the I same I don't time, think the people themselves can't be trusted. I don't think that's independent. I think I think. What I found is I think there's a connection there. And I said this to, to some people this week. I said, listen, if we had had our children at home for the last 12 months, if we'd been working... Uh, Australia has, up until now, relatively escaped this thing. I know people yep. have died and I know it's been bad. We, we have had freedoms that have been the jealousy of the rest of the world. Yep. And I think that if we had been living under the conditions, remember our uh, our friend Simon in the UK listens to the pod, or at least when we have a video game section, when he, <laughs> uh, what he was saying was that they just were going through months and months and months of just nonstop like hardcore lockdown. And yep. let me tell you something, if we had gone down the similar lockdown, you know, lockdown situation that they've gone through, no one would give a flying fuck about a one in a hundred thousand chance of a blood clot. Hey, you got you got two choices here. You can either take this uh, this vaccine, which might have some health risks, or you can go through potentially another six months of what you've gone past. Everyone here is going well. In the last six months, I've done nice regional trips. My kids have been at school. Property's mm. never been higher. Uh, my job's secure, and blah blah blah. So we're in this bubble as we have been, and I think. What I have an issue I have with Australia is that we can't have our cake and eat it too. What what we're at at this point is we're now getting really picky about the vaccines, and I'm not saying I'm, and that's not to say that I'm saying people shouldn't have concerns. Sure, they have, but we haven't gone through really. We haven't gone through hell compared to what a lot of other places have, and um, I think our complacency as well as our media, it's just something that Australia does. We pick and. And, and flick at every single thing that we can until it becomes a major issue that we're all talking about. So I think they're very much connected. I really, I really do. Yeah, and I don't, I honestly don't think that's just an Australia thing. Um, I think it's, it is to a degree what you've described, Tristan, which is it depends on the severity of your lockdown. Because the reality is when you look across these vaccines, you've got one that causes blood clots in a small number of people, and then you've got two that are on a technology that's not been proven before. And so there's reason to be hesitant. But if you've been locked down for 12 months, you're like, fuck the risk, I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. We've been pretty much free and easy, um, particularly here in New South Wales, you know, the where, and, and it is one of those things where it's like, I'm feeling like my throat's cut because I've had a 10-day lockdown. Um, meanwhile, the UK had 12 months. 
So yeah. it is, and, it is yeah. to a degree, I think, almost any nation in the world that has um, managed to seal themselves off in the way that we have uh, would be looking at it going, yeah, let it, let, it, let it roll out for a bit longer. Let's double check those risks and whatnot. Whereas in the UK, they're just like, shut up and jab me. <laughs> shut up. Um, kind of shut thing. Up. Shut up and jab me. I like those odds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's, you know, it is, it's, it's an unprecedented situation. And, you know, in <sighs> pandemics, there's been fuck-ups with this stuff before, but it's relative to how much pain you're going through as to how much, what your risk threshold's going to be. Bill throwing um, in the, uh, the unprecedented term. God. It is. Yeah, I know. It's an unprecedented situation. Well, it's not unprecedented in, in human, not in human history, but um, but certainly in, in the last yeah. few generations, in modern day, this is unlike anything we've ever seen before. And Definitely. Australia managed to seal off the borders and and uh, re- essentially only like, do travel in a because we're a fucking island, which is yeah. you know um, we are a bubble. We are a bubble. So I think, look, they're all connected. Fit, and uh, I think it's um, as I said. I, I also I'm I listen. I'm I'm behind Gladys. I'm I'm back in Gladiator Gladys. What I won't back up is that if if you if you if you play this risky game as if you you kind of go down this like sort of half and half approach to a lockdown, which I'm all for because I don't believe in full full lockdowns, and I and I, I also do think people need to look at what those it might be infectious, but what is that actually doing? Is are people having adverse effects to it? I think you'll find that they're not. But anyway, that's 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 another thing. But yeah, um, what I will say is that if we suddenly don't have schools and schools are doing home learning and blah, 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 when we've had the ability for people to, to go and do all these other things which are considered essential, that's where I'm going to lose my shit. So yeah. I will tirade. Yeah. Well, that's great because now we can roll into my part of the TBA rap, which is go, all bro. about the Queensland Premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk. Talk to me uh, about it. Who- who is about to head off to the Tokyo Olympics. Yes, she is. Uh, and uh, all of the drama that's going on around that. But I'm actually stepping up once again as a proud Queenslander to, de- to defend. To defend. I, I don't know what the, what the uh, equivalent of Gladiator Gladys would be for Anastasia. Is it um, anabolic Anastasia or something like that? Uh, sure. Um, uh, anal Anastasia, sure. No. Amazing, amazing Anastasia. Let's go with that one. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I was I was notified of this uh, bit of a storm in a teacup from a mate of mine that that basically said, "Oh, what do you think about all of this?" and and I was like, "What? She's going to the Olympics? That's outrageous!" Uh, and then I read the actual article, and it's another fucking beat up because we're actually um, like fighting to get the twenty, I think it's the twenty thirty four Olympics for Brisbane. Yeah, uh, and she needs to go in order to be part of that bidding process, which will be an amazing thing for Brisbane to capture. Um, so it's one of those media beat ups that sounds really bad in the headline, and will get the clickbait, and then you click on it, and you're like, "Oh, woman does her job." Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along, people. So, true. so uh, yeah. anyway, that was my piece in the TBA wrap of like the thing that sounds controversial and then you read it and you're like, that's not even slightly controversial. Moving right along. (laughs) Adzo? Yeah, I'd like to jump on the same theme and this time I want to talk about New Zealand because, you know, uh, they're talking again about a bubble opening up between uh, particularly uh, the southern states and New Zealand. But in this case, uh, the story out of New Zealand is there's a, a, a man, a Kiwi man is in a fight with his insurer after a horrific fire caused hundreds of thousands of dollars in damage to his house. Now, the insurer has paid $418,000, the maximum the policy covered, but the man is demanding $200,000 more as the payout does not come close to covering the damage. This is shocking, right? This is typical insurers, except how the fire started. 
Now, the man had a hankering for steak and chips for dinner, but rather than waste time with the frying pan, he put his steak in the toaster and then he left his house to pop down to the takeout joint for a large chips. While he was down at the takeout joint, his house <laughs> caught fire from the bleeding fat and uh, and toasty steak. He comes home to a burning down house, obviously. Now, you guys know I love to cook. And I also like to let people do it their own way. No judgment, but seriously. Cooking a steak in a toaster, I can't say I have a lot of sympathy. Now, this brought back a memory of uh, some friends of mine. They were up in the Gold Coast staying in one of those... Uh, all uh, all services provided, you know, kitchenette, everything there. And they decided they're going to have a little barbecue in their kitchen. And when they opened up the cupboards, no frying pans, no saucepans. There were bowls and plates, but that was it. So they ended up cooking a whole bunch of sausages straight on the element of the stove itself. So no <laughs> pan involved, just sausages on the element. And apparently it turned out like a fairly normal um, normal dinner. Have you guys it. ever ever <laughs> taken a couple of hacky ways to get something cooked or have you got a story of, of a similar capacity <laughs> look first and foremost this guy applying for the insurance I'm, I'm on his side but only solely because I could see myself living that destiny um, <laughs> you know as, as a man who stirred his butter chicken this evening um, you know right above the toaster yeah. but uh, no the, the best hack I've seen I don't think I've really done any majorly good hacks myself but the one that I really liked was the idea that you can make cheese on toast in a toaster if you just tip it over sideways see I've seen something similar where you put your toaster sideways and you can use it to reheat your pizza you oh, stick your pizza in awesome. there that's <laughs> awesome yes oh, get yeah, in cool. yeah I like that yeah later as my house is burning to the ground <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I have once I I once had uh, our the the main element the main cooking elements in our oven were broken and all that worked was the top grill and I, I and I didn't realize that and I um I'd prepared this entire shepherd's pie and so top I had cooked everything grill. through. Oh no! <laughs> huh? Yeah, and uh, so I <laughs> I ended up I put it I I I covered the. I covered it like I packed the top of the the pan that it was that the pie was in with aluminium foil, so there was no room for it to move, and I just periodically flipped the the, <laughs> the whole pie. Down oh so my god! It cooked, and it kind of worked. I remember my um, I remember Lindy coming home. She's like, "What are we having for dinner?" I said, "I made a shepherd's pie." She's like, "How did you cook it?" When uh, when our the when our oven broken. was broken, yeah. I said I just kept flipping it in the grill, and somehow <laughs> it worked. And to my credit, it did. Um, wow. It was painful. I'm not going to lie to you. It was painful, but you but know, that's also a vegetarian shepherd's pie. It's not vegetarian not, not a lot can pie. go wrong with a vegetarian shepherd's pie. I mean, you know, you need to cook the uh, the wheat protein. And yeah, the, that's important. Uh, the uh, but it's not going to kill you if it's a little pink. Well, I was about to say how was the food poisoning, but Adzo's reminded me of the vegetarian Friedman household. So uh, anyway, if it's uh, undercooked, it's just a salad, quality. mate. <laughs> True. Um, so obviously, we talked seriously about uh, about uh, the the lockdown and and all that stuff, which was good. Nice to have a serious conversation for a just change. on a 
on a final note with the food, I've I, I'm just getting an image. It's not it's not a particularly out there way of cooking, but uh, I'm just getting this vivid reminder of living uh, in the pub in London back when I was 19, and getting home from the pub super boozed, and there was a convenience store across the road that sold microwavable burgers. Oh, um, no. where yeah. it was it was a deconstructed burger in the pack and so you put it in the microwave deconstructed and then you put the burger together and eat it oh yeah um, the, the, the rustler's burger it was it was next level good a de- sounds amazing it, it definitely Adam and I both know it definitely was not next level good like, <laughs> that's, that's purely subjective bro I've, no never, I've, level I've never had it anywhere near sober and it's never been anything other than excellent. <laughs> I was being fairly and, kind with my positivity. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, and are those two things related, boys? I'll let you make up your own mind. That that when Adam says that's next level good at that at that level thing, like that that's just Adam just tuning out for a second. He's missed the context of the story. He goes, oh yeah, man, that sounds awesome. <laughs> sounds like, no, great. You, you missed the point that he he got it from a. Takeaway joint. Yeah, you're right. Gladys is a gladiator. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> yes. No, actually, in this time, um, I was I was on board because I do remember I used to live just around the corner from Seven Eleven. Uh, Anonymous yes. and I, we were uh, housemates for for a couple of years, and uh, we used to pop around to the Seven Eleven and get dinner from time to time. The the hot dog or whatever. Um, but I would occasionally get the microwave cheeseburger, and there was nothing yep. deconstructed about it. It was just in a pack. And you put yep. it in the microwave at the Seven Eleven, and then you came yep. out and you took it out of the pack and you ate it. And there was no delicate arranging of the toppings and condiments. It was just a wad. wad. And so the idea of a deconstructed <laughs> burger that actually maintains some level of its own perspicacity at the end of it sounds pretty good to me. Sounds pretty amazing, actually. That's true. And although, although in honesty, uh, either way, it still tastes like shame. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I have to say on the on the subject, I have to say I did watch. I got caught by one of those YouTube, uh, sorry, uh, Facebook, you know, videos when you're just kind of scrolling through Facebook and a video yeah. pops up and it's like one of those quick, you know, how you know, quick funky ways of you know cooking a burger or uh, life or hacks and that kind of life thing. hack. It was it was yeah. a life hack. Yeah, yeah. The hack was cooking a burger risol. Uh, you know, I will never make a burger in any eat a burger that hasn't been made like this. I'm like, well, you know, it's got a fairly attractive lady, you know, doing stuff, yeah, yeah. and and you know, it's done quick thing. They cooked the rissole in a waffle iron, and um, and they put like okay. egg and cheese in it. So I'm it was American. So yeah, no, I'm going like, okay, <laughs> this is. Let's see where this goes. Like, if it's so good, you know, it's got, you know, it's one of those videos that has fifty-one thousand likes, which I hope that we have one, one day. I don't know what to do, but yeah. So I'm watching it, and I'm going, okay, cool. Let's 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 give this a shot. And I'm, and I, you know, sure enough, it grabbed me for a minute and a half. And the final product, and I don't normally say this because I usually go, yeah, actually, that's kind of cool. It just looked. I watched the video, and I remember just saying, I think I actually said out loud, "That's disgusting." Like it just <laughs> looked terrible. The meat waffle. It was a meat waffle thing, and I just remember thinking, you know, I'm I felt let down by one of these videos. I'm generally actually when I watch these, I go, yeah, this is that's actually not a bad idea. This time I watched it, I went, this is this is hideous. No, yeah, this is horrible. Not not for <laughs> me. Um, Look, it's the it's the pioneers of the food world that find where the line is, um, and they find where the line is by crossing that by crossing line. that line. Hundred percent, so true. Yeah. Yep. Uh, listen, I just want to wrap up the uh, the wrap with um, with some more uh, lighter side to uh, to the to the week's uh, news. One in relation to the lockdown. I mean, we cannot go past 
those uh, the dudes who were sunbathing naked down on the <laughs> south coast beach, just startled, startled by a deer. By a deer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's funny that they were startled by a deer, a, an animal that is notorious for being startled. <laughs> I, I don't understand how you get startled by a deer. It's weird. It, the yeah. whole thing seemed weird. But uh, full credit to the sign language chick. I don't know if you saw her, but while yeah. she was sign languaging the story, she she had the whole facial expressions going. Uh, she was she's also actually almost a nominated hero of the week for that. But it was just total classic. Um, I also want to shout out to the passport office, the Australian passport office, for sending me a text message today reminding me that my passport requires uh, renewal and Your immediate I don't want to miss attention out in yeah. case I in case I don't want to miss out on travel, I'm just like guys, seriously, <laughs> you should probably probably do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's lost pick, his job. Pick your moment. <laughs> pick your moments, you fucking idiots. And then just a broad thing um, on television, I saw uh, an ad for Codrill. And I was just wondering, does that really have a place in today's new world? I, I never took Codrill. I never... Soldier on with Codrill. Soldier on. Here was a... Obviously, it had one of the greatest greatest ads of all time. So, London, here we come, eh? Which was oh, just yeah. amazing. But uh, Codrill was one of, is one of those things which I never understood. It's like, you're sick. So, mask your sickness with Codrill yep. and still go to work and make everybody else sick. And yep. I just thought, here's a Codrill ad that has... Credit to Codrill, they're still going in the face of a global pandemic. They've gone. <laughs> Listen, are you sick? <laughs> well, guess what? Codrill's still selling. You can mask that sickness and still. Do they still carry suggest on. you soldier on though? They don't suggest you soldier on, but the, the okay. premise is still you carry on with your day. Yeah, I think this ad was. Uh, don't was just lie a, in bed drinking fluids. Correct. Take these, get up, and go get stuck into it, mate. Actually, I have to say this. You know, you know how you don't want obviously with. With, with with the way content is 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 distributed these days, we don't watch too much commercial television, so you don't yeah. watch too many commercial ads. But this ad was um, all ads are becoming much more politi- politically correct. This was, I believe, a uh, a young mother who was sitting at a train station feeling really really sick, and you know I think it's her voice, and she's saying that she's got the kids this weekend, indicating that she's a single mother going through a divorce and how oh, yeah. a divorce and it's her her weekend with the kids how's she gonna Man, that's a lot of emotional backstory for an ad and and this chick is gonna is gonna mask her sickness and make everybody else sick by taking codril so she can look after her kids and i'm just like you know what i guess in that case maybe she's just gonna do stuff at home with the kids and in which case you know you got to have the kids and that's just a fact of life but it was those ads where it's like hey Pop a codril, mask the fact that you've got hardcore flu, and get your ass into the office. You can keep working, or get your ass onto a plane and sit next to another passenger for fourteen hours on a flight. Well, I mean, as they say, Tristan, you're talking about it now, so they got you. It's true. So purchase purchase the new codril lockdown edition. And as also, I like that as politically correct as they've got on, they haven't sort of connected with why I use Codrill, which was to keep gambling after four in the morning if I've been on a bit of a blender. If I'm on a winning streak and I get to keep going, True. pop a couple True. of those and away you go. I should make a TV series called The Real Stories of Codrill. <laughs> um, and it could it could be followed up by The Real Stories of Hydrolite because I'm telling you, it's never actually been used by an athlete. <laughs> All right, we're talking about athletes. We've got sports down coming up, but let's crack yes. into our uh, let's crack into our hold my beer. Um, hold my beer. 
got a new segment, not a new segment, a different style. Obviously, we're in. It's it's hold my beer lockdown. It's lockdown edition. All right, so welcome to Hold My Beer Lockdown Edition. What this means is that my uh, my esteemed colleagues Phil and Adzo have picked out a beer. Now, we are celebrating the financial new year, which means we set a target of spending at least 10 Australian dollars or 1.6 million doge on, uh, <laughs> on a beer. Uh, and in today's day and age, that's not such a hard thing to do. Where uh, I, I am, a, you know, you know what, boys, a moment for me. I'm self-confessed. I am loving the craft beer moment. I, uh, I am, I'm along for the ride, and I'm enjoying and loving every single minute of it. it but you were saying a- this earlier in the week, where you were like, I suddenly I get alcoholism now. Yeah. Because you start looking forward to it at yeah. about three o'clock in the afternoon. You start thinking about that. That first hoppy swallow that's gonna be gonna be just around <laughs> the corner swallow. when you when you a when you swallow. <laughs> when you lock yep. your computer down and you turn around to the fridge and you start you pour yourself a really tall frosty one as maybe it's thick shake flavored maybe it's vanilla yep. custard you don't know you haven't decided yet but uh, you know it's coming for you and uh, I, I I I get it you know, I, I honestly, honestly feel like you could have a David Attenborough documentary about the hoppy swallow. Yes. And just just have his voice narrating Tristan going in and uh, stalking his own hoppy swallow. <laughs> the lockdown is the greatest, apart from the fact that schools have the possibility of closed, the lockdown is truly the greatest gift to man. It just allows us to go. I, I went a couple of times up to uh, the old The Spot Sellers. Shout out to The Spot Sellers, Hamish. Mm. And just went through there. They have such a fantastic selection there. And just... I feel like a kid in a candy store. I've said this before, but I just go, you know what? What am I feeling like tonight? And I, I did message you guys on uh, on Saturday night. I do believe I found the uh, the perfect combination of uh, yes, a, a, a pine lime ice cream IPA as a, as a starter, a, uh, a hot chocolate Mexican stout, uh, <laughs> which we are going to be reviewing because it is actually one of my favorite beers of all time. Um, that looked so good. It was yeah, I can't so, wait, good. so good. Can't wait. And uh, and finish with one of your one of one of our Zephyr ciders, which is a pod favorite, and and Adzo, so happy to see you drinking it. So, we set ourselves a challenge of uh, of setting a ten dollar minimum budget to pick a beer and to enjoy it because uh, we're obviously in uh, in uh, social distancing uh, uh, edition, and uh, and excited to hear what you guys have chosen. Uh, you know what? I'll start. I'll kick it. Go off. for it. Why not? Um, because I want to give a shout out to my man, who again is in isolation, Mister Mister Dylan. Uh, now he has said. Now we have reviewed one drop beers before, one drop in in botany. Um, now this beer is something. Now of those beers that we 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 taste tested, I have to say, and we were talking about this before the pod started, they're a bit over the top. So you know they're very high in alcohol content, and they taste like ass. I mean, let's be honest <laughs> with you, they didn't taste great. And no. I'd say about fifty percent of them were content. awful. Yeah, yeah, and they're awful, and, and they taste awful. like toilet duck. <laughs> <laughs> the the slushy, the strawberry slushy sour wasn't too bad actually, but the rest were, you know, just just too much. I would say. Now yeah. Dylan has agreed, so um, so so credit to him. But he has told me many times that the one drop 
Brewery Mango Milkshake IPA was one of his favorites. And okay. um, and f- lo and behold, when I popped into Dan Murphy's today on one of my exercising exper- uh, expeditions, um, there I found the Mango Milkshake IPA. So I bought a can of it and this will be the first time that I ever taste it. And I am judging my friendship with Dylan on the taste of this drink. By all means, he's very much on the hot seat right now. So, so we uh, could be witnessing the end of a friendship potentially. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to, rather than review it now and taste it, why don't you guys continue on while I start to drink it and uh, and we'll come back. So uh, I'm going to hand well, the ball to uh, you, Adzo. Yeah, I'm going to jump in because one thing I noticed, I was on the One Drop Brewing Company website earlier because I, I, I almost picked up a, uh, a can of the Bojala X One Drop Pime Suvi Imperial Stout which went for $24 for one individual beer. It was four standard drinks per beer. And at the end of the day, I couldn't I couldn't in good conscience pen, pay that kind of money for one single drink. But I was looking it up on the One Drop Brewing Company website and I noticed the Mango Milkshake IPA Nitro is the only one on the list out of stock. So, mate, I think you could be onto a bit of a winner there. That sounds fantastic. But what I've done, and uh, we've talked about this before, how craft brewing uh craft beers have been infiltrated with pop culture references and the like anything that's going to get some uh a man between 35 and 50 years old to to pick it over anything else so i've gone for the behemoth brewing company pinky and the brain heisey ipa uh now the behemoth is a fairly Fairly new brewery out of Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, they started back in uh, 2013 after winning a homebrew competition in Wellington, which I think is fantastic. And since then, they've gone on to make 300 different beers, all small batch, all, all around for a short time uh, and a good time. And um, yeah, so that's what I went for. It's uh, it's about 8.5%, a little over two standard drinks per can. Um and uh, yeah, haven't haven't started it yet, but uh, that's the one I chose. Love it, love any any reference to pop culture, and uh, well, listen, Zephyr was amazing, and uh, so based on that one particular drink out of New Zealand, I have to assume that all, New all good, Zealand right? drinks are amazing. <laughs> so yeah. excited about that! Uh, excited about your review, bro. Phil, what what you mm. got for us, mate? Uh, I have gone old school. Uh, having popped around to my local uh, local bottle shop that has a few specialty different things in it, and I've gone back to the Belgian beer cafe days with a Delirium Tremens Strong Blonde beer. Oh, classic! Oh. Jesus, you're yeah. taking me back, bro. Throwback, throwback. I just I remember those days more than a decade ago where it was a novelty to go to the Belgian beer cafe and see all these different beers that had like yeah. high alcohol percentage. Uh, no pop culture references whatsoever. There's just a pink elephant. I guess it could be Dumbo. Maybe they were onto this earlier than I realized. <laughs> Show me the bottle but, again. Um, can you pop, can you pop the in. bottle it's up like, on the it's screen? It's grey, isn't it? And it, it's that grey, almost clay pot bottle. Yeah. That's not your She's camera, bro. It's She's not on screen. There we, there, we there, we there we go. There we go. That's it. I remember oh. you, you dare your mates to get it because yeah. it was about twice as strong as any of yeah. the other beers they had on tap. We dared Anonymous to get it all the time. We told Anonymous yeah, yeah. to just drink it for the for the, for, for <laughs> hilarity. But what's funny these days, because I think it's, what, what is it, about 8, 8.5%? Eight yep. Yeah, these days you compare it to, to you know, some of the one-drop stuff, and you go, oh, yeah. Weak no, as piss. No. <laughs> just your <laughs> mid-strength 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a mid, yeah, it's eight point five percent, or as we like to call it, a mid strength. A mid strength, just a Saturday afternoon beer before you go out. So <laughs> that's it. That's it. But no, that's that's a classic throwback to those heady days of uh, the Belgian beer cafe. You get a couple of those. You get a muscle pot. And uh, make a real night of it. They always came in those fancy glasses. Probably they were serving yep. you much less oh. beer than you thought you were drinking. Um, Every beer had its times. own glass, didn't it? Every yeah. type of beer yeah, had its did. own glass. Oh, yeah. And I was, I was most, um, I was most upset to find recently up around the rocks uh, where the Belgian beer cafe in the rocks used to be. I'm not sure it was called Belgian beer cafe, but that's what it was. Yeah, uh, has been taken over by the tap house. So that traditional oh. Belgian beer house is now a craft beer bar. And I'm like, we've got enough of those. Um, keep is it the, the one on Argyle Street or on like, Harrington Street? Uh, Harrington Street. Yeah, no, I remember the one. Yep. I remember yep. the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The institution. A she was a, it was in that beautiful old building and now it's, now it's Tap House. And I love the Tap House, but I'm like, don't touch the legacy. Yeah, I agree. Oh, happy days. All right, so uh, I guess we'll go back to me because I started. Yeah, painted the word um, picture, mate. So I said Dylan's friendship was on the line with this beer. I said it. Mm, I said it. I, uh, you can't take that back. I can't take that back. And uh, Dylan, I'm happy to say our friendship is still very much rock solid. This is a solid drink, my friend. This is a solid drink. One drop, you've delivered the goods. Uh, it is a... Okay, firstly, the, 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 it, is, it is a mango milkshake milkshake yeah. on the nose it, the floral uh aromas coming from this beer high mango intensity just a beautiful beautiful and and surprisingly goes incredibly well with a beer um the flavor that the taste is smooth it's delivered well um now i will say it is obviously a sweet beer so you know a men men real men drinking this probably not you know, <laughs> if you've if you've spent a day in the mines, uh, spreading COVID around Darwin, you're probably not drinking this. You're probably stocking down on some old VBs. But in terms of the stuff that we've drunk from one drop, this is a good blend. Now, I, I will point out it's only two point four, which is kind of a light beer when it comes to one drop. Um, and I have to say that the 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 balance is far more um, even-handed here. It is. Uh, it is, as I said, it is sweet, and I feel like probably the three quarters of bottle of red that I downed before the podcast. <laughs> the, uh, what is this? The what, how do you pronounce that again? What's that beer again, uh, 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 Phil? Uh, Vistafana. Vistafa, Vistafana. Oyster farmer. I think we call it oyster farmer. That that yeah. beer that I drank before this probably doesn't help. So it's necessarily a beer that you'd have, you know, at the end of the night, but. In terms of a uh, good balance and good flavor and really enjoyable, uh, I, I think this is solid. I can't get you guys to comment on it because you're not drinking it, but uh, I think if it if it if it relates to, to Dylan and I still having a friendship because you know he's talked so highly about this beer, it's very much intact. So so good on you, buddy. Um, good brewski, I like it. And yeah, is the mango well, really coming through? Mm. It is a. It is a mango milkshake IPA. I can't describe it any other way. Whereas yeah, some of the yeah. other ones that they've that they've um, they've built and they've created, which we've drunk, are just too much. It's just you know, and and Adam particularly, as I think we had a couple before you came over one time, uh, Phil, 
and it was just it was vile. just too much. It was yeah was yeah yeah. I mean that that one that I had a little bit of when I got there because you guys were almost done drinking it. Hilarious. That was the toilet did duck. Actually, tastes like toilet duck. Yeah. Um, and um, so so this one doesn't have the toilet duck factor. This is what it says <laughs> on the label. The label is a true milkshake with sweet tropical fruit, milky lactose, and rich vanilla. Uh, the right slice of hoppiness without distraction from the huge hits of coconut, right mango, and soft vanilla served with nitro for ultimate creaminess. It it is what it is, and uh, I can I can understand why it's popular. It's a good drink. It's a good and and at fourteen dollars ninety nine a can, a bargain when it comes to one drop drinks. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. True very enough. true. True um, enough. One thing, just coming back to the Belgian beer cafe, I remember they would actually have they, would, they had a mango beer, which mm. is basically just one of their standard beers, and they put mango yeah. syrup in it, and it was fantastic. Then that's when I realized, oh, this actually really works, and it's very curious because you know, moving in, uh, back into my behemoth pinky in the brain hazy IPA, you open it straight away, you're getting a big smack of mango and passion fruit out of that. It's quite sweet, it's smooth, um, without being you know too soft. Uh, no bitterness whatsoever. It's uh, it's got a, a fair bit of sweetness to it, but um, not not overwhelming at the same time. It really is quite tasty. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's got a lot going for it, being that it mentions Pinky in the Brain, a cartoon series that I used to enjoy. Um, but as a drink, hey, it also works. It's uh, it's fruity and uh, it's quite tasty. I wouldn't say I'm going to go out and get it again in a hurry, um, but nothing wrong with it. If someone turned up to a party with one of these, I'd probably pinch one if I could. Yeah, I do wonder sometimes with with some of these, you know, uh, let's call it pop culture can, you know, at least designed cans, that you know, quality is is missing. It sounds really stupid, but can art and can look makes a big difference. When I go to a bottle and look at a craft beer, and I go, ah, that looks too kitschy. That looks too, <laughs> you know, they're focused on focused on a, trying to attract. Oh, cool, that's a Rick and Morty beer. Don't get me wrong, I'd buy a Rick and Morty beer, but um, I look at it and I kind of go, uh, I look for that sort of perfect mix between that looks kind of uber cool, but also looks like this, they're half serious. And, and and shout out to the Royal Farm Hazy IPA that we had before. We all agreed that was a beautiful can and it delivered delivered a beautiful beer. So a, a part of that is the experience. And I've, I've joined this craft beer society page on Facebook. And I do notice that the can sits with the, the poured can in a glass and I think the can makes a big difference. So I've started doing that, you know, in my al- in my journey into alcoholism, which I uh, <laughs> I confess is occurring. Um, well, which we've been documenting week by week. Yes, I I agree. I have been pouring uh, pouring my drinks into a glass, not just drinking it from the can anymore. And I and I and I keep the can sitting right next to the the glass so that I can enjoy both the drink as well as the visuals of the can as I, uh, as I guzzle this, this beverage, this, this beautiful nitro beverage down my throat. So, well done. Uh, so I feel like maybe, Adzo, what you're saying is that your, your pinky in the brain has the IPA potentially has focused too much on the art and not necessarily enough on the beer itself. Well, I don't know. I'm actually looking through the selection of Behemoth Brewing uh, labels because, as I said, they've got about 300 of them. Seems most of them are on their website, and it is just culture reference after culture reference. They don't even try to sneak in, you know, a beer pun. Um, you know, they've got the the Ross and Rachel IPA. They've got the Tango and Cash IPA. The Thelma and Lu- and uh, Louise IPA. They're all here. 
whatever your um your favorite <laughs> show was back in the eighties or nineties, <laughs> you're gonna find it in in this brewery. So Respected. they've certainly cornered their market there. You remember Res- Russ and Rachel? I remember. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's member berries beer. It may as well just call it that. Yeah, I love. It. I love. I love. I love zero zero effort when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, the pun. That's that's what gets me. It's not like, it's it's, like they could have called yeah. it like Tango and Passion Fruit, Passion Fruit IPA. But no, it's just Tango and Cash. Remember that movie? It had Sylvester Stallone in it. Buy this fucking beer, you asshole. And, that's what. And it's I'm just seeing. Up. I'm just seeing one brewing vat, and it's all being separated out into these different cans. And yeah, the same fucking beer. Three hundred pipes it, coming off it, and it's actually <laughs> left over to his extra dry. Simpsons, <laughs> Simpsons seasons one through nine. Yeah, oh, IPA. you'd buy that in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh my yes. god, you would. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> well oh, done, Bill. team. Man. Well, done. How's, well how's, done. Take take us down the path. Are, are we buying this beer again, bro? What are we doing? Oh, look, I've I've already indicated a little bit of what my review is going to be, but you'll understand that in a moment. Is um so. There's some things that you go back in time with um, and you come back into that nostalgia and it's the highest of quality. Uh, you yeah. spoke of The Simpsons season one to nine, for instance. I'm watching, I'm um, in season two on Disney Plus and, and loving it, loving yeah. it. It's, it's, yeah. an, it's a nostalgia buzz and it's high quality and it's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way about vinyl, right? So you're going back in time and people describe vinyl as just like a warm hug in music yeah. form. Yeah. And so this this beer in terms of going back in time is less vinyl and more cassette tape. Yeah. Uh, in that uh, it's doing nothing for me. And uh, we okay. should let the medium die. Uh, so it's <laughs> <laughs> wow, an amazing analogy. <laughs> this is <laughs> this this beer, uh, which I'm having and, and again it's not it's not that it's horrible or anything, but it honestly is a rich man's to his extra dry. Um yeah. It's yeah. it's not that far from a Tui's extra dry. Um, I will say it is slightly. It's it is a rich man's Tui's extra dry. It's slightly better. And if you imagine like Tui's extra dry, I've always had the feeling that Tui's extra dry is actually ten percent listerine. And so oh. if you took the if you <laughs> took the listerine out and you added sort of a higher quality alcohol content to it, that's basically this beer. There is nothing special going on here whatsoever. Um, I can imagine Phil as I got the, nothing. if I ever stumble upon a Facebook, you know, interest page, which is, you know, <laughs> people who, who believe that Tui's extra die is 10% Listerine. <laughs> Listerine. <laughs> Administ- administrator Charles Philip or whatever I, your I started Facebook it. name is. I started is. it. <laughs> but it's funny, uh, isn't it? You call you it know? the... Um, you call it the, you know, the rich man's extra dry. Growing up in the 80s, the rich man's extra dry was crown. That was yeah, that was the so beer true. you got so when you true. wanted to show off to your wealthy mates. Oh my god! Then it's so in the nineties, it was Stella yep. Artois. Yep. And yep. now, absolutely. Now, fucking, I don't even know. I, I, but I have noticed that Behemoth Brewing Company has a New England IPA actually called Hold My Beer. So uh, really? you better you better I mean, believe we're going to be getting that for uh, a couple of weeks wow. from now. Yet yeah. another brewing company that is playing to the audience of our podcast. Oh, exactly. So true about <laughs> Crown Lager, though. That was like. I remember being oh, out yeah. and people were like, hey, what are you getting? I'm going to get a new... You're getting a new... I think I'm going to get a Crown Lager. I'm like, well... Oh, you know, look at this guy. Ooh, look at Hello, Mr. Mr. Fancy, Fancy Pants. Pants. <laughs> it was, uh, si- You're a Seinf- phony. <laughs> remember at Seinfeld, they're, they're, at, they're in Florida. It's like, hey, look who can afford to eat. 
at six o'clock. <laughs> it must be nice to be able to fancy a, to afford a little crown lager. Absolutely, yeah. what absolutely. A that's that's in fact my my graduation from university was hallmarked with me buying a cart and a crown because that was like I'm really celebrating. It's like the champagne of the beer world in the gold labels and all that sort of stuff. And it, I mean, admittedly, it's slightly better than Tui's extra dry. You well, must that, not. No one have wanted been to admit to... it tasted like VB. So basically, no, nobody did. But it was in a gold can, a uh, gold, and it was a slightly can. taller bottle. A taller bottle, yes. yeah, yes. <laughs> and I think it was, uh, I think it was, uh, it was a not, it wasn't a twist top. You had to use no, a that's right. To get yep. it. So yeah, yep. yeah. And uh, honestly, on that day, I felt like a king. It's okay. <laughs> All right, let's right. Uh, let's let's review our beers. Look, I'm going to give my, uh, you know, it's not a, not an official beard rating because we're obviously not together. But I'm giving mine a solid four. It's uh, it's a good beer. I, look, am I going to drink this nonstop? I I think I told you guys I had a Valencia orange. Uh, New England IPA the other day it was just fucking phenomenal but this one is not necessarily as good but still solid so it's a four for me Adzo okay yeah I'm giving mine a 2.75 uh, nothing wrong with it I bought it because it had um, two mice on the front that I, I appreciate from my childhood and uh, that's all <laughs> I have to say about that 2.5 bang average okay nice nice all right, so I win. Uh, I win the lockdown edition of Hold My Beer. Um, all right, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into sports, shall we? Yeah, can we? Uh, right. We've had a we've had a good couple of weeks. Five, all right. Four, three, two, one. Cue the music. All right, so kicking off with the NRL, and when it comes to blowouts, look, I uh, I don't really don't know where to start this week. I don't the know. Knights where to start. beat the Cowboys, thirty-eight zip. Where do you start the- with the NRL? I mean, seriously. I, I anyway, continue. Yeah. Why do I start with the NRL? I always no, start I said, with the NRL. I said, I said, where do you where start do you start? Oh yeah, I mean, where do you seriously. Start? But yeah, but no, but yeah, I always going. I do I do like to talk about the blowouts because they they amuse me that these people yep. get paid to get beaten so badly. But the the Knights beat the Cowboys thirty eight to zero. The Titans beat the Raiders forty four to six. But the big kick in the dick goes to the Bulldogs. Yes, the Manly Sea Eagles beat the Bulldogs sixty six points to zero, which puts them just one point outside the top five for worst beats in history. Now, I looked this up on Wikipedia last night. Number five was set in 1910 when the Souths beat the Wests 67 points to zero. Just as an aside, in the last 20 years, it was the Eels over the Sharks 74 to 4 in 2003. That's the worst, next best, next worst beat in the last 20 years uh, than the one we saw on the weekend. Now, sadly, the real thrashing, however, happened off the field this week when New South Wales Police caught 13 St. George Illawarra Dragons breaching the state government's stay-at-home order at a Shell Harbour party on Saturday evening. Now, it all started with a noise complaint to police on the night, and when they arrived, they found that Dragons prop Paul Vaughan had invited 12 players over for a party. Now... The NRL has fined them together a total of $305,000 as well as additional sanctions plus that's the $1,000 bucks each in fines from the police. Vaughn himself was initially facing an eight-week suspension and a $50,000 fine. Uh, Mind you, he also copped a 14-day suspension last year for COVID breaches and there really was no excuse. But in news today, Vaughn has had his $800,000 contract with the Dragons ripped up 
and is out for good due to not only hosting the party, but lying about it, endangering others with his behavior. Mate, I will see you later. I have no sympathy for the guy. What do you reckon? Well, I would hand it to Phil, but he's uh, got his mouth he's got a mouthful full of, of pizza. sweet, delicious pizza, which I would certainly love right now. Um, I'm going to say, no, you don't need to speak, Phil. It's fine. Don't. I want to, though. Okay, go. I, I, just, I just have to Actually, say, they, uh, they, it's 66 nil loss. It's just three points short of a nice. I mean, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> that three points is very hard in NRL. That's a, that's a penalty goal and a field goal. Get it done. <laughs> sort it out, boys. Listen, listen, and listen. Uh, it's it's. I'm going to play devil's advocate because I uh, I I completely agree that it's ridiculous and and they should be made an example of. But it goes against my sort of view on this entire lockdown uh, situation that we're in. Having said that, they are NRL stars and superstars. It's not just. It's not just them. It's it, the NRL. You know, t- say what you will about sport, but sport is more. You know, people who don't like sport just go it's just a bunch of people. You know, kicking a ball. It's a lot more than that for for especially people who are a, a nation that is you know going through a hard time or um, people who are avid sports fans. You know, sport is more than just just that. And I think when you put the entire game into jeopardy. Um, you, when you join the NRL or any professional sport and you are on that stage, you then take on a duty to act responsibly and to um, set a good example. And I know that these guys are young guys and I know that they're ultimately they're kids. You know, we're in, our, we're in our 40s, not shut up, Phil, but most of us, the vast <laughs> majority of this podcast are in their 40s. And uh, listen, when we're, in, when we're in our 20s, in our, in our mid-20s, we did a lot of stupid shit too. We thought things were, you know, we're above the law. We can do whatever the fuck we want. So, you know, in one part of it, I do understand that, you know, these guys are just guys and they, and they don't really understand the full concept of where they're at. We send, tend to put our sports stars on a pedestal and we, we expect a lot from them. And I, and I do understand that. And, and I don't think these guys often realize how lucky they are uh, in the position that they're at. And I think... In 10, 15 years' time, when, when they get to a point, they will realize where they're at. That's not to make an excuse for them. I think what they've done is uh, is terrible and, and, and why should they have the right to do things like this because they are sports stars, um, the arrogance that comes through and I think that, that, that you know the punishment does fit the crime. But at the same time, there is an argument to be made that, um, that they're young and you know, they're stupid and that they are, you know, like us back in the day. I've done, I did a lot of stupid things when I was in my twenties and, um, you know, uh, I've said, I saw the interview today with, uh, with Vaughn and, and, you know, he's, he's obviously absolutely distraught and distressed and, uh, it's just, it's just another side. I'm not, I'm not giving an excuse for it. I'm just saying it's not necessarily as, as black and white as like, ruining someone's career over it for something stupid which let's face it at the end of the day probably won't result in you know you know i'm just saying it deaths or the spreading of a virus so that's just i'm just playing devil's advocate. you don't reckon he's just going to be snapped up by uh maybe the broncos or or the bulldogs I'm sure next that he season will. i'm sure what? that he will but you know the mental I mean- health that, that that someone like that will go through the mental strain on that is is hardcore, and and I can't believe I'm even talking like this because I look at them and go, "You fucking idiots!" But I I'm I'm truly surprised to hear you talking like this. I know, 
The more yeah. I drink, the more. I, listen, listen. <laughs> when I'm not, it's I link, don't liquid empathy. You're drinking right it's now. It's liquid empathy. I guess <laughs> all I had to do was get as drunk as they were and start to understand what like, they were I thinking was. I get it. I would I have hidden it. under the bed as no, well. Yeah. My point is, like, I you know, I've never, I've never played devil's <laughs> Level advocate. Level five drinking logic. I've never played devil's advocate when these guys are accused of sexual assault or no, anything sure. worse or assault. But in terms of having a party with, if it is just the 12 of the guys from the team, and I'm not saying, I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying like, this is a good thing, but I'm saying like, these guys are kids, you know, we put them on this pedestal that we think that they're, they're more than that. And ultimately they're not. We pay them to be sports stars, to hit each other in the fucking head. That's what they're paid to do. So I'm just saying that there is... A but they're also paid to make the sport look good. And that kind of behavior makes everyone just go, oh, these classic fucking buffheads, they, they don't play by the rules. They reckon they're above the law. Yeah, I reckon that the NRL should you make, take on make that, the right call in this time. You take on, look, that, I, you take on that issue when it, when, you, when it comes in, 100%. Look, I, I get that. Like, I do get that perspective. But the, the NRL itself constantly makes itself look shit and they don't fire themselves. So, um, you know, we've got an entire segment that's about what, what a ridiculous farce some of their enforcement is. And I feel like, like the way that they respond to some more, like, really seriously intense stuff throws out the grading curve on things like this. Because essentially, you've got a yeah, situation right. where it's that's like right. a few months ago, there's there's somebody up on domestic violence charges for like the second time and they get put in oh, the training yeah. squad for two months to duck the media and then they're back on the field. And then, so you know, dumb kids host a party when they shouldn't and an $800,000 contract is ripped up. It just, it, it, it does exactly. feel a little overzealous. Exactly. That, that said, it's... It's not that they're above us and they should have had the party or anything like that, but it does feel like this heavy, heavy hammer has come down on him for something that's a bit of a stupid kid act that that's, we could that's all That's exactly done. right. These guys are young and they're probably going to go through, uh, uh, you know, they're probably going to go through a lot of shit. And, and that kind of comes back to what Gladys, Gladiator Gladys said today about the guys who had the party in Waterloo. You know, people are saying, "Are these guys going to get fined? Are they going to are they going to be made an example of?" And she said, "Listen, and, and, and whether you agree to this or not, you know, I don't know that where I fit where I fit here." But she said, "Listen, the guilt that these people are feeling right now, the guilt, you know, as as often people say, like when someone who accidentally killed someone, like, oh, you're going to go to jail, and often the family says, "Listen, they're going to have to live the rest of their life knowing that." they killed someone is often more than a punishment that a jail could ever give. You know, the idea that these people who partied in Waterloo, if they broke the rules and now, you know, thinking that they're basically invincible. No, three of your fucking guests had COVID and now you potentially could lock down an entire city. People will know names. People Names get out. They're going to be pariahs. The mental health that has on these people, I'm just saying people, people make mistakes and um, I get angry too. And uh, in certain situations, I, I want people to be made examples of too. But I'm just saying there's two sides. There is two sides to every story. Yeah, okay. Um, I appreciate that. I, I just wanted to say I personally feel that uh, they should have been harsher on them. Uh, but also a quick follow-up to the story from a couple of weeks ago. Jamil Hopawadi has been granted... Bail for his part in the half-ton cocaine haul that the cops apprehended. So okay. he's out. Dream and I off. certainly hope we see him back on the field in time for Origin 3. <laughs> exactly. And 
Case in point. <laughs> That's exactly. It's only half half a ton of coke, mate. <laughs> Thank you, kind sir. He didn't yeah. have a party. Oh it is ridiculous. God. It is, uh, but at the same time, it's a really strange time. And I, I also get the NRL just saying, "Look, we can't come into disrepute. We got to, we got to roll some heads here." But uh, it's yep. unfortunate, no matter which way you look at it. It really is for these young blokes. Yep. Um, but on to the AFL, uh, and uh, not a lot to say. The biggest thrashing was the Swans over the Eagles. What should have been a fairly even match, I thought. Um, I think the two were pretty much neck and neck on the ladder, uh, even neck and neck with the bookies. But it ended in a 118 to 26 victory by the Swans, with even West Coast skipper Luke Shuey fined for high tackle to boot. It does seem that uh, most commentators are putting this down to the horrific play by the Eagles rather than a masterful display by the Swans. But at the end of the day, a win is a win in my book. I mean, I personally go for the Giants, uh, but I also go for whoever's playing West Coast. So they worked out well for me. Sadly, not a. Not, what do you got yeah, against West Coast? That's where the other my other office is. So that's like all the guys from the Perth office go for West Coast. So fuck them. Fair enough. Uh, but not a lot of other news in the AFL. I mean, some of the boys must be keeping their uh, their breaches and their screeches under wraps this week, largely due, I'm sure, to the fact that Melbourne is not in lockdown. So most of the fellas can just get on with it. Um, that can't yeah. last forever, though. So watch this space next week. Can I, can um, I just give a, you know, can I, listeners of the pod will understand that we enjoy our sport, but we really don't know that much about it but uh i think if we ever proved ourselves it was the fact that uh adam just gave an nrl update which didn't include the origin score um which included the blues thrashing queensland 26 points if you talk about thrashing the the eagles beating the bulldogs 66 nil in yep. regular nrl is nothing in comparison to the mighty New South Wales Blues beating the <laughs> Queensland Maroons 26-0, to zero, my yeah. friend. 26 Honestly, it's, it's, to zero. it's similar to the number of COVID cases in New South Wales versus Queensland. Ooh. You hear about Ooh. that? You see what no, he's doing to you now? This is why no, that's bring it up. You just I give him ammunition. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. As uh, Phil says it as a proud Queenslander living in the heart of Sydney. <laughs> Absolutely. And have done for 80 years. <laughs> Grab onto whatever you can, buddy. Go strap for a, a fucking go for Strap a fucking motor on it and let's go. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, news alert. Um, I, think I, I think I have a new shoe-in for uh, NRL because Nathan Cleary's gone. Or at least yeah, he's out he for is. a long time. Yeah. Uh, so who is it? The dragons? No, I'm back in. The, I'm back in the store <laughs> with, their, with their brand new team of 13 fresh players. Now you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna jump on. I'm gonna jump on the Eags bandwagon. I think they started off slow, but uh, but I'm I'm backing up the Eags again. You know they're my second team, so yeah, I, I'm backing the Eagles. Happen. Yep, okay. it's happening. Sure, sure, pal. Yeah, my. My personal viewpoint is I've got some money stashed under my bed. I've you could say it's been hiding under my bed, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put it all <laughs> on the dragons to win. <laughs> that's that's dead money, bro. Um, <laughs> all right, what 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 else you got, bro? In sports? Well, okay, I wanted to bring this up, and I'm sure by now you've all seen the footage. But uh, the situation of the Tour de France last week, uh, oh, with the lady with the sign giving a very German shout out to her grandma <laughs> and grandpa caused a massive pile up one of the worst in the event's history 
Now, two riders had to pull out completely due to injuries. A number more were treated at the scene. Now, she's been arrested and is actually yeah. facing jail time. What do you think? Can't we just chalk this one up to bad timing and a bad decision? I don't think she meant to cause it deliberately. Yeah. I think she was just eight, you know, psyched up for the camera, sees it there on the back of the motorbike, swings out with the big sign, hi, grandma, hi, grandpa, and then boom, yeah. 70 riders go down. Yeah. Unbelievable scenes. You, you saw the video? It's yeah, I saw the video. It's, uh, it's one of the most tragically hilarious videos you'll watch. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed, cringed every minute of it. Um, yes. Because, and here's the, here's the after effect of that. So one, so one, it didn't, my understanding is that it didn't have, they stopped the race. So it didn't have a huge, I could yep. be wrong, but I don't believe it had a huge impact on the race itself. Yes, yep. it was terrible. And my God, that's one of those situations where, again, similar to, to Vaughn and the guys at, in the Dragons, like, you're feeling like shit. The shit that she's going through right now is she's a she's a fucking global joke, right? Yeah. You know, you go like, hey, who are you? I'm the chick who did that. Like, oh shit. <laughs> but I have a few takes in here. Firstly, it's Tour de France. Who gives a flying fuck? They're riding bikes. <laughs> Secondly, um, you got a bike race through an entire country that you don't monitor and protect properly. My view on it is that listen. You know, in terms of this is the thing, yeah, she's an idiot for doing that. She's an idiot for creating it. But in terms of suing, it's like you didn't set up any boundaries yeah. or rules about where people are. I'm sure there's some sort of rule which says do not get close to the road and blah, blah, blah. But to be fair, people around her were pretty fucking close to the rule. All she did was made a small mistake. Now, I understand that legal professors will. <laughs> We'll bring up the term manslaughter as a reason for <laughs> for having you for know, why she's been arrested. For why yeah. she's being arrested, I get that. But at the same time, it's a you can't event. spell manslaughter without laughter, my friend. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my god! Adzo. So true. And Adzo. there, you know what, Finn? That's the end of that argument. <laughs> look, okay. Look, I've got I've got my own take on this now. I just want to double check. Nobody died, right? There's just a couple of nobody people died. Out. People nobody got some died, scratches. Right. The, everyone yep. fell down. It, people, some people did. Yeah, look, some people did get. Two hurt people were out. On. Like they've trained their life for this event, and and they got they they had to leave because of their injuries and the destruction to their bikes and so forth. That's a big tragedy for these guys. That have Look, gone honestly, through so much to get there, but I get it, I get it, and I also get that there's double emotion here, right? Because what you've got essentially is a boundary, or you could say a border, and you've got a German leaping over it and hurting French people. Uh, there's some history <laughs> there, um, and that border was clearly more Maginot Line than uh, proper fence. So yeah. wow, um, you know, That's there's a really there's smart joke. There's emotional <laughs> history there, high level, bro. Um, but in general, assuming that nobody was seriously injured, um, and yes, I, I get it, a couple of people ruled out of the bike race. I'm, I'm with Tristan in the sense that the, the Tour de France, as beautiful as the countryside is, is the uh, longest, most boring sport in existence. And uh, someone who stepped in to that boredom and created a peloton breakdown, which is always the best thing that happens in a cyclist exactly. race, assuming yeah. nobody is seriously yep. injured. Yep. She, she's the hero that we that we needed. <laughs> she maybe is, not the one we deserved, but the one she, we needed. She is, and I never thought um, I'd be saying that about a German in France. She is the <laughs> doc in Back to the Future when the paper changes, where she where she's um, <laughs> stuck into where, she, where she's stuck into. Yes, 
<laughs> oh, Tristan, yes. What is it? Co- uh, committed? Committed? And then it changes commended. to commended. Commended. <laughs> 100%. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. God. How did you get a Back to the Future reference into that, know. Tristan? I did well it. done. I don't know. I love and it. So continue. I love it. I just want to see that movie yeah. from her point of view. That would be fantastic. Uh, yeah, moving on. So... The 2020 2021 Tokyo Olympics is now just over two weeks away, with Japan still recording around 1,500 new cases of COVID each and every day. Uh, also, if my sums are correct, and I did actually check this uh, about an hour before the podcast, uh, by the time we go live tonight, we should have just hit around 4 million deaths from COVID worldwide, and we have this very day. So, should million. we really be doing this? Should the Olympics really be going ahead? Is no. now a good time? What do you think? No, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right to have a... It doesn't feel right to have a... Glo- it feels right for you know each nation to have its own sports. It, to me, it doesn't feel right to have a global competition when uh, a lot of countries are still going... You know, I think we're doing that thing that the world does, which is turned its, turn its eye towards you know the poorer countries, the developing countries. It, to me, it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel like the right time. My call is it's the distraction. It's it's one of many distractions that we need during times like this, and that and that goes to people in in you know countries of all sorts of situations and backgrounds. Is that having sport of this nature, if you can pull the tournament off without the athletes going down, um, provides a bit of catharsis in a in a really difficult time. Um, but you know I've been watching the Euros really closely for the last few weeks and really enjoying that. Um, and uh, it's made a big difference even during lockdown, just being able yeah, to get but- up and watch those games. Europe is like a country in itself. So, like, the way I always just view the Euros is like, you know, in Europe is like, yeah, cool. They're all, you know, especially the European Union, they kind of just do their own thing uh, as, like, one. So, it's like, I see all the individual sports, but to have, like, these international, this yeah, list level like, of international competition is like... I get well, the I get the argument, but I just, I, I disagree. I think we should enough. just be keeping on with life as best Listen, we can. Listen, I'll enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy every minute of it if it's on, yeah. but, uh, you know, whatever. We'll see what And I just also want to chuck in... Uh, from Australia, 472 athletes have been uh, selected across 33 sports, 295 of them their very first time participating in the Olympics. And of those, 295, my little cousin, Michelle Bromley, is playing table tennis for Australia. Amazing. One of six yeah. over there to play, and we cannot be more excited for her in our family. So, COVID be damned. Good on, good on you all, Australia, but particularly a big shout out to Michelle, my cousin. You're a, you're a hero to all of us. Yeah. And that's why she's our hero of the well, week. Well, she actually is. But um, Actually, if you anyway. had nominated her, she would have had it instant. Anyway, whatever. But the Olympics, that's, that's, I got that's two more weeks. I got two. <laughs> they don't listen. I yeah. beg them to listen. They don't listen. Uh, wrap it up with the PGA. Finally in the PGA, uh, 26-year-old Australian Cameron Davis has won the big one. I'm talking, of course, the Rocket Mortgage Classic at the Detroit Golf Club. This is his first PGA Tour title, and he finished in glory with an eagle birdie to wrap up the final round, forcing a three-man tie and playoff with Troy Merritt and Joaquin Neiman. They say golf isn't exciting, but it is. Cameron Davis won the playoff and the $1.35 million first prize, which in total is about half what he's earned in total from his last 70 starts. So not a bad result for the young Australian, not a bad result at all. Amazing. And what does that $3.5 million come in again? It wasn't $3.5 million. I know it's No, it's $1.35. $1.35. 1. 1. Oh, 1. Yeah. What does that come in again? Dogecoin, I think. <laughs> I, I, 
<laughs> it's my understanding it comes in some kind of purse. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It comes in a purse. It's paid out of a purse. Yeah. Listen, here's the thing. Now, I, I knew that Adam would finish that with that, as he always does. I want to add on to that. That Yeah, please. Um, Monday was an incredible day for Australian golf. Uh, Steph, uh, Steph Kiri, I think it's Kiriaku. So, she plays on the, on the Ladies European PGA Tour. So, she won the Big Green Egg Open in Amsterdam. I know that sounds like an absolute fucking joke, but it is a... <laughs> a uh, a professional level tournament for the European PGA the ladies. Green eggs and ham open. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and she also, for some reason, sang sang a version of TLC's Waterfalls, which you should watch the video of. She's a fucking legend. But so Even on better. the same day, she wins on the European PGA. Obviously, Cam Davis won on the PGA, and yep. um, the third winner, same day, was Australia Lucas Herbert, who won the Irish Open on the men's European PGA. Amazing. Just saying wow. it's one of the most incredible days in Australian golf uh, uh, history and, and it kind of got missed a lot. So it was an epic day and Cam Davis was just the, uh, the cherry on the, uh, on, the, on the cake. The so cherry was, on uh, the icing of the cake. It was, yeah, uh, yeah. just sweetness yeah, upon sweetness been, in the golf this weekend. We haven't been this dominant since the days of the Great White Shark. Yeah, Correct. that's true. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, and before you, I'm, I'm sure you're going to update us with the Euros because I want to hear all about it, Phil, but, but um, I also wanted to shout out to, uh, let me just open this up for one second. I think it's uh, Al- Alia Tomljanovic. Al- Alia Tomljanovic, she's a tennis player. She's playing in, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, it's called Wimbledon. It's a tennis tournament in the UK. Hmm. Must be a new one. Um, it's <laughs> So I watched the video of this, and again, you should, you should go and watch this. I, I wanted to nominate her for Hero of the Week as well. So she had this uh, argument with the uh, umpire in her, um, I think it was third round. She's basically having a spat at the umpire because her, uh, her opposition, um, Yelena Ostapenko, did, yeah. I, I don't follow tennis enough, but basically she took a medical timeout during their match when, um, when Alia had all of the momentum. And she's oh, sitting there. Yeah. She's been absolutely fine. It's basically the soccer equivalent of taking a dive. She just goes, yeah. "Oh, I'm hurt." Sits down, and listen. It's part of the rules. You can do that. But Alia just watch the video. She just goes up to the empire. She's basically going, "You know, she's lying, right?" And you can hear everything. <laughs> she's saying, "You know, she's basically saying, you know, she's full of shit. This is such bullshit. I'm fucking kicking ass here, and she's just called this bullshit." She's like, fantastic. she can say she was injured. I don't think she was. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with her. And then suddenly she she goes down. So shout out to her. I, I Again, I don't care much for watching tennis. I know Ash Barty is doing pretty good. That about sums up my level of interest in Wimbledon. But yep. credit to her for uh, for actually calling it out. And, and you know, I, I'm going to lead that into you, Phil, because uh, I do know that you know, a couple of days ago... There was that video of that fucking... And, and and you know what? They talk about PTSD, bro. I fucking felt PTSD when I saw that Italian prick take a dive against, uh, against Belgium. Hey, listen. We were all there. We watched that fucking uh, round of 16 match. We did. When, when, when that guy took a dive and we took the penalty and we lost and we thought we could pull it. And now they're at it again, those I- Italians. Those Italians. Talk to me, bro. What's happening in the Euros? And you better be talking about that. Absolutely. So I'm I'm here to talk about the Euros, and I'm and I'm also here to keep it mercifully short for Adzo's sake, uh, <laughs> as we roll 
as we roll into this into the semis of the European Championships, uh, I've got my segment called uh, "Semis to Get a Semi for." Love uh, it. So, uh, so there's four teams left in the tournament. You've got Italy, you've got Spain, you've got England, and Denmark. And so, um, just to touch on your point around the Italians, so this was my sequence of watching the Italians in this particular tournament. It was. Um, Watching them absolutely kick ass in the group stage, lots of goals, everything flying in, seeing a new breed of Italy that's an amazing attacking force. And even when it came to the round of 16 rather than the quarterfinal, I even said to to one of my best mates, I said, I think it's finally gone. I think my hate for the Italian football team is finally gone. I can watch them without wanting to throw the TV through a fucking window. <laughs> and, and then I sat down and watched the Belgium game uh-huh. end to end and uh-huh. saw them rolling around and play acting again. And it, it, it triggered the PTSD, man, and it was right back there again. Yep. And so I am very much hoping to see them get stonked while at the same time knowing they've, they're, they're going to do it again. They're going to do it 2006 again. You can feel it. That not only are they playing incredibly well, but when they're not playing incredibly well, they're diving around like a pack of bastards. So, anyway, so that video was semi- seriously one of the one of the just ah oh, the fury, yeah, I, the just, anger. You just can't, man. You just can't. Like it's 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 so the Italian football team. But anyway, and shout out to that- shout out to the to the internet folk who posted a video. I think of or a, a picture of someone. I think for the. I think he's an ice hockey player for the Montreal Canadiens who were playing against yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning in the uh, in the Stanley Cup yep. Finals. And the guy's just bloodied up. He's got cuts and bruises in his head, coated in blood, and he's still playing on. And this fucking guy takes a dive and, you know, they score a goal and he just jumps up. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. And so that's uh, Tristan's take on the Belgium Italy game that led to them being in the semi final, <laughs> being in the semi final against Spain. So we've got Italy versus Spain, who uh, who went all the way through to penalties against the Swiss, and watching the game between Spain and Switzerland was like playing a game. I don't know if you boys have played a lot of FIFA, but every now and again when you're playing FIFA, it's like. It's like there's a roll of the dice in the statistics and sometimes you just can't score a goal to save your life. It's like there's a fucking magnet in the goal that is repelling the ball away. And this game was just like that between the Swiss and and the Spanish. Even in the penalties, there were seven missed in total before wow. it went out. And wow. so I feel like the ball just would not go in the net. It was honestly everything that Adzo believes the game to be. And so, <laughs> Every and game so I've seen. Essentially, you've got Italy versus Spain. And the amazing thing was like the real noticeable thing in this tournament was that the Spanish team has almost completely moved on from the team that won both the Euros and the, and the World Cup some time ago. The only player left in is Busquets. Um, it's a whole new team. They're pretty good, um, but they are dull as fuck. Mm. And so the hope is they're going to be able to bore Italy to death and then <laughs> nick one at the end. Um, and they're going to go from there. So the Italians, very good at attacking, very good at diving when they're not doing well. Um, the Spanish, incredibly boring, but with the occasional moment, the occasional moment of glory. Um, oh, hold on for a second, boys. Headphones have gone wonky. You all right? Hold on. My headphones have gone wonky. It's all right. Tristan's also no, he's he's unfrozen. 
It's all right. No, edit all this out in post. You were frozen, or you just weren't <laughs> moving very much. Yeah. No, I was just. just I was be... just. I was just gonna. At some point, I was gonna tell Phil that you know he can keep talking because uh, he's he's recording locally, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It, it it is, but then if I can hear you boys, it's gonna go into the microphone. Hold on. Can you hear me? We've lost him. Yeah. No, no, I got gotcha. you. Okay. You're good. Yep, okay. We're, we're back. We're back in the headphones. I don't know how long this is going to last, but anyway. And with that brief That's interlude right. from my headphones breaking, uh, so semi one is Italy versus Spain. You, it's going to be interesting, and my hope is this, that the Spaniards go through because I want to see the Italians knocked out as soon as possible. Agreed. Uh, and then the other semi final is England versus Denmark. So you got England who just came out of a four nil victory over Ukraine, uh, who admittedly were incredibly depleted after an extra time battle against their opponents in the previous round. Uh, but England looking red hot and they haven't conceded a single goal this tournament thus far. Wow. Okay. A um, couple of goals from Harry Kane and an excellent header from slabhead Harry Maguire. Uh, and then Denmark, who are the fairy tale story of this one, after Christian Eriksen went down with a heart condition uh, in Jesus. the first game and has oh, not yeah. been back in the tournament and will yeah. probably never play professional football again. No. His team have carried the light forward and they are in the semi after taking down the Czech Republic. Um, so England versus Denmark is going to be very interesting indeed because it's Ooh, not just a motivated a team. Yeah. They're very organised. They're technically strong. They've got a young lad who's who's uh, Dolberg, who's, who's come good at exactly the right time. Um, and so it's going to be an intriguing matchup, really, very much. You know so what? I, Italy I, versus Spain tomorrow morning and England versus Denmark the morning after that. It's not like I forgot that... It's not like I obviously forgot about Christian Eriksen, but I did sort of like... You know, kind of it was, it was a thing that happened, but now that it's like, all right, well, Christian Eriksen, you know, we're playing for them, him, and and Denmark have made it this far. I kind of was thinking England Denmark is kind of a a nothing match, but now that I think about it, it's like that's awesome, and and I do like the idea of England, you know, winning it, and 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 it's great for England. But no, now I'm now I'm I'm pro Denmark. Yeah, I'm big that, man, big Denmark yeah. guy. Big and that's guy. the classic. That's mm. the classic view of the neutral. Basically, like most neutrals, aside from Europeans, like non-European neutrals, watch a lot of Premier League, and they're like, oh, "I really want to see England get up over and over again." But because of this Christian Eriksen situation, the neutrals are very much with Denmark. Yeah, um, so where do you pro, stand, Phil? That's what Denmark. I want to know. I, I want to see the three lines go through. Um, I love. I, I love the English football team because I've followed the Premier League for so long. Um, it's unfortunate long suffering. <laughs> um, yeah, like, <laughs> that honestly, England have been a long-suffering team that should always have done, you know, quite a bit better than they have done. Yeah. Uh, their coach is is great. You know, he's a, he's a true gentleman of the game, um, and they're conducting themselves really professionally. And they're a great team, and they seem to be a really great set of lads. So, um, I'd I'd like to see them go through, but I wouldn't be upset to see see the Danes go through. I mean, that's a real fairy tale story. Yeah. Um, the 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 final that you want to see from a pure spectator point of view is England versus Italy. That's going to be that's going to be hot. Um, but the sooner the Italians get knocked out, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. Nice wrap up, bro. I agree with that. Yeah. In full. Um, and you know, we nothing much else happened in the soccer. I think there was an A League final, but I don't really remember it. So uh, <laughs> let's, not, let's not continue there. Yeah. I think uh, not not too much happened. Um, well, for your sake, Philip, I hope that Michael Owen and the rest of the boys make it through uh, unscathed. <laughs> Shoop, luck. there it is. I was speaking gonna, of I was speaking say, of cassette tapes, <laughs> I was going to say the fucking the the idea that you know everyone's going for like 
the Premier League because yeah, you know, the English team because of the Premier League is like you know the Premier League's wasn't there a wasn't there a match recently where Arsenal didn't field one British born player? <laughs> oh, that was that was like ten years ago. There's one in there now. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's my point. Um, all right. Well, talking about ridiculous uh, contracts and money, it's time to get on to our uh, I Found Energy Year uh, uh, spotlight. So uh, oh, let's move on. Huh? Good wrap up, okay. Feature, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'll be honest with you. This you've had too much one drop, today. mate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, get to it our uh, sneaks up on you, doesn't it? It just sneaks. We're talking top, uh, top financial something. What are we doing, Adam? Bring me it's, home. Yeah. It's a new financial year, and so yes. we're talking about our top five, whatever the fuck we thought of to do with finance this week. And top so, things about uh, money. What's, What's what's yours, Adzo? It's uh, uh, top five money movies. Money in the top movies. Top five money movies. Beautiful. Okay, good, good, good to see you coming up with something new compared to what you usually do. <laughs> uh, Tristan, uh, I'm doing um, top five weirdest tax laws because it's tax time. Oh, great. oh, I like it. I like it. Um, for me, I picked my top five currencies. Oh, <laughs> I like it. If peso is not number one, you're in trouble, mate. Possible. Well, yeah, yeah. Number one will surprise you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope the Z- the Polish Zloty makes the cut. All right, that's one of All my right, favorites. Go, Phil. Son. Go, Phil. What's what's your number five currency? <laughs> I'm more interested Mine... in Phil's than anything else right now. Absolutely. This is so, so my... fucking good. <laughs> my number five is the humble Aussie dollar. Hmm. Uh, it needed to make an appearance in here, and it made an appearance for me because it's plastic. It's yep. colourful. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yep. It looks like child's toy yep. money. True. Uh, and it also happens to be highly patented and yep. something that our country makes money for yep. because unlike the American dollar, you can actually take it into the surf and still buy something with it. That's true. I, I think that, that every Australian who... Any, any Australian man or woman who went overseas to pick up and wanted to have a really interesting fact about Australia... Was yep. that they just that you always had a five dollar note in your always wallet. had a five yeah yep so you could show them that hey this is our money yeah we don't give a fuck I'm Australian and we have plastic money because we're fucking all of us yeah come to Australia all of us surf and that's why we've got plastic money because if you surf you can take it into the surf and the water and it doesn't get ruined and I think that's that our currency has ended in many Australians picking up overseas because people go, that's super Absolutely. cool. Yeah, you yeah. surf? Absolutely. Well, our currency is based on the fact that every <laughs> citizen surfs. So, yep. yeah, we surf. Do you want to have sex? Okay, cool. That yeah. sounds pretty good. I've always wanted Honestly, to bag a surfie. Tristan, yep. And there's no other cases in which money gets you laid. None. 
<laughs> it's true. Exactly. <laughs> but I can also That's can I also true. add it was always it was always they said, Well, what does your money look like? And you pulled the five out of your pocket because you always had a five kicking around in there somewhere. And they're like, Oh wow, plastic, exotic. And then you do the trick where if you folded it just right, you're gonna have the queen sucking uh sucking the, 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 the king's yeah, dick. Yeah. 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 Oh, so I didn't you know, know about that. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Google it, everybody. Look up Queen I'm, sucking I'm dick five dollar note. And, and if you folded it just our- right. <laughs> There's also things like you can show, you know, you show people from overseas that our $2 coin is smaller than our $1 coin. And yeah, that it blows their minds. And has multiple edges. It blows everyone's minds. I, I don't know how you're going to top that, bro, but I'm interested in the rest of your your list because to me... Just you wait. All right. Just you wait. Well, I'll go with... Uh, I'll start with my number five uh, weirdest tax laws. So, uh, Sweden. Sweden is my number five. Um, so, Sweden, apparently the tax agency... In, Austra- in 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 the country of Sweden needs to you need to submit the name of your child to uh, the Swedish tax agency before they turn five and the purpose of that is that unlike unlike our good friends in America they really monitor the uh, the appropriateness of baby names in the country of Sweden oh right so you can't for example you they've they've rejected IKEA. Um, you can't call your child Ikea. Um, you can't call your child Allah, you know, due to potential religious offense. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm pretty sure like Elon Musk's child um, and, you know, Kanye and who is he married to? Mm. Kim Kardashian's child probably wouldn't make it past the Swedish tax agency because um, it wouldn't it wouldn't be considered an appropriate name um, because the ch- it, it's, it's both... They're both basically protecting from both being offensive or confusing. So yeah. I know it's not a particular tax, but the tax agency does have the right They're to in approve charge. a name. Yeah, which is incredible. Look, someone's got to be it, in charge. Because there are some crazy, like some parents take absolute like pleasure in just ruining their kids' lives with some fucked up Bogan-esque pop culture. You know, uh, Darth 100%. Vader, Tarquin... Yep. Skywalker, yep. and they're like, "Oh, okay, it flies. You're through. As Hello. long as you don't mention my Nazis, is, uh, you're in." My name is Lindy and Tristan, and this is our child Adolf. You know, in Australia or in America, you go, "Yep, you know what? It's your freedom, your right to choose." In Sweden, they go, "Sorry, buddy, yeah. we can't yeah. accept." That. Honestly, honestly, Tristan, um, classic socialist controlling dictatorships <laughs> that apply. Amazing levels of common sense to making sure the public don't do anything stupid. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I, I knew you'd say that. Apparently, the the tax agency has an eighty three percent approval rating uh, in in Sweden, so they they love their tax agency. Eighty three percent. Yeah, I know. They're that's, a strange mob. Actually, thing. I have to be I have to be honest with you. I, I quite like the ATO. I I think our tax our tax system is actually pretty good. But you know, I digress. Uh, Adam, to you. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, so my Paid money movies, the and I, uh, I initially was planning, we talked about this at the start of the podcast, I was planning on starting with the movie Wall Street because yeah. it is the classic 80s yeah, money movie. Michael Douglas, Charlie Scenes. I haven't seen it. And I actually started writing a blurb where I was going to try and bluff my way through and then I decided that's not me. Because, you know, you'll Wall say, Street. oh, yeah, wow. what about that scene where Charlie Sheen does uh, that thing? Phil, I'm like, I have Phil, turn no up the podcast. Let's, let's end this right now. Yep. Has everyone seen Wall Street? Is it just I me? Just, Many times. I just want to know what your number five is then. It's Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, 
there you go. Not bad. I've had Wall Street. Okay, you still like what have I seen though that's close to Wall Street? Wolf added a wolf. Yeah, add a wolf. And it was so Scorsese and DiCaprio team up to tell the story, the true story of Jordan Belfort and his criminal, corrupt consumption of the investor life. Nothing mattered Great more than money movie. to these guys. It was all excess and it was also hollow. My only criticism, and this has come up with a couple of movies where clearly uh, the, the protagonist is actually a, a horrible person, is there's, there's all these dude bros out there that idolize... Jordan Belfort in this movie like he's the example to follow it's like this guy goes out and he wants it and he takes it and it's kind of like people that idolize Tyler Durden or people that idolize I'm sorry guys but Rick Sanchez he's not a hero he's if if you think he is you're missing the whole point of the movie but still bloody great and uh hello Margot Robbie naked for that entire scene nothing wrong with that she she wasn't though she wasn't and that's my gripe and that's why it shouldn't have featured in your top five you just have to look up that scene. She was wearing a uh, skin-coloured underpants. You know, she was never naked, and that's why the Wolf of Wall Street doesn't belong. What do you mean? In did they draw life. on her clunge with texture? Yep. How did that work? You don't, you don't. You don't see it. Yeah, they did. If they did, you don't see it. It was just. It was a naked shot. But if you have a look at the photo, it's just the underpants. No, it was enough for me. It was enough for me. <laughs> if they want to CG, CGI in the the, the grizzly bits. <laughs> Fine with me. <laughs> she she showed well enough for a top five placing, as far as I'm Thank concerned. Thank you. Philip. And the interesting and the interesting thing here is um, that you mentioned the fact that the antihero became the hero to some people because that's actually one of the legendary things about the Wall Street movie is that Oliver oh, yeah. Stone made made that second one almost to attempt to make amends for the fact that he made this thing to demonize the guy, and, and it people loved him. Brought, it brought through a whole new generation of Wall Street guys quoting "Greed is good." No, um, I, I, <laughs> so, just, I just love it. It's 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 like uh, it's like the South Park episode. So so you're telling me that people want to become really famous and make lots of money and have sex with lots of beautiful women. It's like the same thing with a movie. It's you're telling me that these young men are watching <laughs> The Wolf of Wall Street, Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> and he gets to make millions of dollars with beautiful and have women sex with Margot Robbie and live the ultimate life. And all he has to do is a couple of years in jail. You are idolizing this guy. It's like shut the fuck up. Of course, everyone. Of course, is. they are. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Phil, you're uh, number four. I currency. can't wait for this. Number four is the euro. Okay, talk to oh, me. Yeah. Don't know much about it. This one's more of a serious one. I love Adzo's. Top... I love Adzo when he disagrees. He just goes, "Oh yeah." It's it's yeah. got a oh yeah. It's got a it's got a top placement simply because it brought a continent together. And the funny thing is, Tristan, when I talked about the Euros as a as a major international sporting tournament, you're like, "Well, Europe's pretty much just the same country now." Yep. And it's like, uh, you don't have to go back far for that not to be the case, bro. Mm. You don't have to go back far at all. And so it's it's the currency that unites a continent. Okay. Okay, I think I think it's the currency that became because of Ian Aish. Um, it's, it's chicken or the egg here, bro. And which one came first? Hmm? <laughs> I don't know. Or are they just <laughs> intrinsically linked and together? The euro, much always, like Europe itself. I'll tell you something about the euro. The euro always seems inflated. The euro, whenever I compare Australian dollars to euros, it always just seems the euro always just seems expensive. It's always it seems, seems ridiculous, to me. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems absurd to me that we would pay more for theirs than they would pay for 100%. us because they're kind 100%. of hundred percent. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Mm. This is Europe. This is Australia. Fit Fuck fun. off. Fuck off. It's Europe. <laughs> of course, you get you get you get more value when you go to Eastern Europe. So it's a weird thing because I can have like 
this shit ton of euro in my hands. I go to the Netherlands. It doesn't. It doesn't go too far. It gets I you half to, a joint. I go to Slovakia. Happy times, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've all yeah. seen Euro Trip, mate. That's basically the plot. <laughs> That's basically the anyway, plot. moving. I only right have on. eleven um, US dollars. What can I get for this? Uh, it was my, basically the plot. <laughs> my number four uh, weirdest taxes. By the way, by the way, uh, footnote to this: it, there are obviously a lot of crazy tax laws that have been around for the existence for as long as the monetary system has been in, in existence. I try to do ones that are relative to today's modern society, so yeah. relatively recent um, <laughs> um, tax laws. So, so that's here. I'm supposed to get a pig every year. <laughs> exactly. Guarantee is not a guarantee. My number four isn't isn't active right now, but it was it, it's scary, scary how um how close it is to to being in a part of, of modern day society. So uh, my number four is that up until uh, up until two thousand and two, um, bribery was legal in Germany, um, but it Amazing. took Germany until nineteen ninety nine to end the fact that you could claim text te- tax deductions for bribery. Um, no. So you actually Amazing. used to be, uh, declare um, bribes were actually tax deductible, and it was just a part of the way that you went around with modern life. Um, and it was until Business Week that, that you know that the magazine and the editorial basically said, "This is not a good thing. You shouldn't do this anymore." Um, they were basically the reason why they um, they came to end it as a tax deduction. So shout out to Germany. Um, and, and again, this isn't you know that long ago. This is well after the, the fall of the wall, well after that, mm. that Germany actually said, all right, maybe in 1999, maybe, you know, we shouldn't be able to give anyone an incentive um, to make a bribery or tax deduction. And, the, and, and the, the funny thing about was it was never really used because um, you had to name the parties involved when you claimed it on your tax deduction. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so I mean, Amazing. Bribery is still alive and well in the US. They just call it, you know, political donations and political contributions. However, they're not tax deductible, which is good to see at least. Oh, there's exactly, the hot Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's the key point. So I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. Very nice. All right, Adzo, you're number it's four, me, is bro. it? Okay, so number four. Uh, and this time, again, it's another true story. This is the story of Blow. Uh, the true story of George Jung and the start of the cocaine empire in America. And this guy had Ooh. boxes and boxes and boxes of drug cash. Uh, it was it stars Johnny Depp as George Jung. You know how I feel about Johnny. And uh, But at yeah, the end of it, none of it mattered. Uh, he lost everything. He lost what was most important to him, his freedom. And then even worse, he lost his relationship with his daughter, all in this constant pursuit of more and more and more. It's always the case with these drug movies. There's always a point where they go, no. ah, I yeah. finally have enough money to retire and have everything I want for the rest of my days. Maybe one more big score in Florida. And then it all goes pear-shaped after that. But uh, Blow, fantastic movie. Yeah. A, uh, a really And interesting that it was a true story as well. Loved it. Every drug tycoon mo- movie follows the same trajectory. Everyone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I've wa- I watched all three I think seasons. I Scarface is basically the same movie. The same trajectory. Narcos, the same movie. It, yeah. Well, but, and look, that goes to reason because... You know, at the end of the day, the, the appeal of it for, 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 you know, everyday Joe Blow is that, you know, see what I did there? Everyday Joe Blow is that, look, Oi. it is, it, <laughs> it's the idea of just being, being the king, 
You know, there yeah. aren't too many methods of being the king. You've got to be a badass and you've got to have balls and you take a take a you know empire on. That's fucking yeah. sexy as. And, and it's that kind of... Whenever I watch movies like that or shows like that, I always think like, would you rather just live like a nice, happy, normal life of existence, which we all do? Mm. Or like if you're saying, listen... It's probably going to end in shit, but for 15 years, you're the You'll fucking the king. king. Yeah. You yeah. fucking people bow to you and you do whatever the fuck you want. People- I mean, Tristan's, Tristan's got his actual aroused face on right now. I do. <laughs> he does. He talks about I do. I yeah, do. He does. I don't have the balls to do it, but I'm just saying I get it. You could yeah. though. We yeah. all could. Yeah. I mean, we won't. I mean, maybe Matt, let's will. take... Hey, uh, as, uh, I'm, I've stopped recording... Uh, oh, let's great. talk about uh, drug intake. Like, let's let's try and do that for Sydney. Let, anyway, let's take this after we finish okay, the podcast. We'll talk later. But don't forget let's, to cut that bit. All right, I won't. I know it. it's late, but don't forget. Phil, and let's be clear, boys. I want in currency. Uh, Phil, so, currency. number three. Um, speaking Come of on, balls, Lottie. the Italian lira. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the currency that leers at you like a sleazy Italian man. That's okay. all I have to say about that. Wait. <laughs> you just saying it's just the wait. play on the word lira? You Hang know? on. Well, the thing, yeah, the thing no, is, stop. you know, they're like, I don't know, they're a bit of a lira. I don't know. They're just, they're, you know, you walk in and they're just leering at you. They're just a bit of a lira. Okay. You know, we should just call Phil, our currency you just gotta, that. You've just got to stop talking at this point. But um, you're, you're no. number th- your number three <laughs> is a currency that is redundant because the euro exists, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. You know what? Is it just letting you just letting you know that <laughs> your the list, Euro buddy, versus <laughs> the lira, the uh, the lira is the better of the two, and uh, <laughs> as a result, the European Union should never have been a thing. All right, all right, it's fine. Right. Doesn't matter who. So my number three, <laughs> my number three tax is that China. God bless them. I mean, they really are. They're leading the way in terms of everything globally, right? As far as I'm concerned. They definitely put the commie in communism. (laughs) So China in 2009, the citizens of central Chinese Hubei province uh, found themselves in a a bit of a bizarre situation. Smoke cigarettes or face a fine. Now, here's a a tax which I think we could all potentially... uh, Well, not all, but particularly some listeners could could certainly (laughs) feel acclimatized towards... um, so at the time, China was, you know, which is kind of crazy to think, but back in 2009, China was facing a, a pretty tough economic crisis. Um, so they decided that the best way to sort of boost tax revenue was to uh, to set a quota for cigarette pack sales. No. Um, so villages Amazing. and towns were ordered to purchase certain amount of cartons of cigarettes for a year. And, and the goal was to gain Amazing. revenue from cigarette taxes, um, as well as like build prosperity for China's cigarette makers, um, but yeah, it, it, it ended up being um, resulting in Chinese cigarette sales accounting for a huge, huge amount of tax revenue for the country. So it's essentially it is directly the counterpoint to Australia, which was like we get that we make a lot of money on this, like a lot of money, and we can we we don't even hide behind that because whenever back in the late 90s, early 2000s, whenever you went overseas, you bought cartons of cigarettes and you gave them, you actually gave them away to friends as presents in a way because <laughs> why not? But like, 
you realize how much money they were making because of how expensive cigarettes were when you went to a pub and you could buy a packet of cigarettes for 20, 15, 20 bucks. And he was like, wow, this is expensive. And now what? You can't really get a packet of cigarettes for cheaper than 50. I think they're about Whereas 40, 50 bucks now. Yeah. China went the absolute opposite, which says, listen, and, and, and to Australia's credit, they're like, because these, these things are fucking bad for you. China went the opposite when we know they're bad for you, but economically, they're very good. Um, so, so yeah, maybe, maybe China, 2009 China hero of the week, potentially. Look, look, let's be honest. They, they certainly know how to get things done uh, and not <laughs> always by conventional means. <laughs> I mean, they bring uh, in additional tax revenue and they lower the uh, cost of, you know, later in life healthcare, uh, yeah. because there is no later in life. So yeah, yeah. good idea. Good for Fair. the economy. Good for the hip pocket, um, mate. Strap in, gentlemen. Adzo, you're number three, bro. Yeah, okay. So, number three, uh, and it was at this point I realized that um, they were all, in fact, turning out to be true stories uh, in movies, but the movie The Big Short. Now, it's the story of the 2007 housing crash in the US. Have you guys seen Great The Big Short? Movie. I uh, did see it. It's an amazing again. movie. Uh, with so many high-risk subprime loans being handed out by shonky lenders, one hedge fund manager sees the market for the house of cards it is, and he bets big on its collapsing. So he's bet he's shorted the market. He said, this is going to go really badly. I'm going to bet against it. And uh, honestly, it's a sickening view of the greed and recklessness that was the US economy in the mid-2000s. And also the fact that, you know, the, the, uh, the, follow- the carry-on for that is that very, very few people were punished um, which really adds an infuriating edge to the story. There was a lot of bailouts, a lot of people that made a lot of risky and uh, you know despicable uh, business decisions were bailed out at the end of the day. I would call it a must-watch. If you haven't seen it and you want to learn a little bit about the mid-2000s US economy, what went wrong and uh, how it really should have been avoidable, watch The Big Short. It is the money movie for uh, you know the, the 2000s America. Check it out. Fair call. A great movie, a funny movie that has Margot Robbie in a bubble in a bubble bath. Yeah, explaining e- economics. I could just watch her talk economics in a bubble bath for the rest of my life. <laughs> and we've double Margot Robbie in this list. I, I almost want to pack up and go home. Is now. there any more Margot I mean, we can sneak in? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll change uh, number. You'll five. find out yeah. later. <laughs> so the All right, Harley Phil. Quinn movie. Your number two. Uh, your number, number two, two currency, bro. Number two uh, is the British pound. The currency that, much like an imperialist, says fuck you to the conventions of wherever it's going and is the shape that fucks up most wallets in the world. It's too wide. (laughs) I'm not having it, but they refuse to change it. And so, much like an imperialist, it's too wide to come in, but it just fucking comes in anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So, is this this basically... so, 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 your number two is... Is this... Are you is this are you counting down your number five best currencies or worst the, currencies? No, best currencies so, because it's. But you've libi- complained li- about all of them. Yeah. No, it's it's the libertarian <laughs> of currencies. Uh. It says fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. So your number okay. two of but didn't you just say it was too wide? It's too big. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you, I won't <laughs> do what you tell me. It's like narrow down for the rest of the world, uh, and they're I like, no, fine. no, fuck off. I yeah. can't anymore. You you, know you guys that. widen for me is what they say. It's all right. Our oh, Wednesday night record goes a lot smoother. I'm going I'm to move on to my number two, <laughs> two tax in the world. My two goes, we're coming full circle here, boys. You know what we do and we always do it. 
My number two goes to the country of Denmark. You've just wow. mentioned England. I've mentioned Denmark. The country of Denmark. Why? Oh, I don't know why. They've just got a little thing called a, a cow flatulence tax. So, <laughs> obviously, we know about the study that cows release deadly methane into, into uh, yeah, our it's a atmosphere. Global, yeah, And they make killer. up for 18% of Europe's greenhouse gases. Uh, so how have uh, how has Denmark tried to curb this impact? Well, each cow can cost a farmer up to a hundred and ten dollars a year, um, just in pure taxes for owning a cow wow, in terms okay. of a carbon footprint. So, in a way, you kind of feel for the farmers, but in a way, they're the only ones who are actually doing their part when it comes to because apparently you can just throw dollar bills at. The, the ozone layer right? and it fixes Is that how it. How it works? It fixes it. I don't really it. get it. So it's them high enough and hard enough. Yeah. It fixes it. It fixes it. <laughs> is it like you've seen that? You've seen that South Park episode yeah. where the, cure the money for into AIDS the blender. is just pure <laughs> cash. Yep. Just condensed cash into a syringe. Yep. yep. It's like pay that. us, pay us money, and you're reducing your carbon footprint. Oh, what a fucking yeah. joke! You might have seen in the news this week the um the fire in the Gulf of Mexico when the uh, pipeline caught fire and the natural oh, gas yeah. was basically set the ocean on fire. And there's about three boats just spraying it down. It's pure money is what they were firing into that money. thing. Is just cash yeah. money straight yes. into the sea. Liquefied money. Yeah. Money. And it worked eventually. It took five hours, but it worked. <laughs> All right, Adza, your number two yeah. uh, movie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> my number two movie. Uh, big, big money movie. This is one of my top five of all time movies, actually. It's a Scorsese classic, and it tells the story of the 1978 Lufthansa heist where $6 million was stolen at the time, the biggest cash heist in US history. And it tells a story about greed and selfishness and how stupid and evil people can be when huge amounts of money are on the line and it's all spun on the back of the mafia in New York. I'm talking De Niro, Pesci, Ray Liotta. I'm talking Goodfellas. That movie is pure perfection and I'm giving it my number two spot. In the best money movies, uh, I actually wonder what number one's going to yeah, be. Yeah, I have to wonder what number to one. Comment on it. I don't think they have to end up comment on it because number one. Yeah, let's let's just wait for number one. Good call. All right, no one's going to argue against that. Brilliant movie. Uh, Phil, number two currency. Here we go. No, number, number one. one currency. Number one. Go number for it. One Here we go. I saved the best for last. Drum roll. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, it should be obvious to all of you. It's the it Vietnamese is. dong. Of course it is. Because there's there's say. absolutely Where else nothing. Where else get 30000 of anything for $1 Australian? <laughs> Honestly, there is dong. nothing yeah. like coming into that airport, yeah. right? Yeah. Going to the ATM and then yeah. just walking out with a fat yeah. stack of dong yeah. in yeah. your hand. Yeah. You, you know? It. It just, Congratulations. I'm just walking out with my big old dong in my hand yeah. and here I am. Here I am, Vietnam. Come and get me. Sometimes you've got too many in your hand and you're trying to get your keys out, so you have to stick a couple of dong in your mouth while you get your yeah. keys out. I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. Remember Vietnam? It was just one dong joke after another. It was. It, you can't... It <laughs> stay, takes a while to get rid stay, of it. Yeah. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> it's, it's so true, but it's, it's, it's a valid point. You just... You, you land and you go, dude... Can't leave the airport. <laughs> We're in Vietnam. I got to get some dong. That's yeah. all you it have will to never, yeah. It will never not be yeah. funny. Yeah. Paying for things be. with your dong. It just, it just never stops being funny. 
Oh man, I remember my wallet stunk of dong for about six months after that trip. <laughs> I know, right? It's just so hard to get that smell out. You can't get. It doesn't matter how many times you wash it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after you've put it in all those random places. <laughs> uh, I got dong, anyway, taking it in from everywhere. Dong. In the taking time, dong, I'm giving uh, dong. <laughs> I'm giving you my number one uh, tax law. Now listen. <laughs> All right. Listen. <laughs> yep. Footnote: This one is is a bit older. Okay. Um, it is, uh, but it's very relevant for the podcast. Okay. Phil, yep. stop thinking about dong, bro. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> so it's too late. Peter the Great, one of the famous czars of Russia. Oh yeah. Um, back Big in the seventeenth century. Yep. You know he he did a lot of bad things, but. I feel He's like also, anybody who has to put great in their name is compensating for something. <laughs> Absolutely. He is he's he's very much credited for modernizing Russia. Um and that is where the great story of the and it's relevant for our podcast, the beard. Yes, the beard tax comes in. Oh. And that is because in his journey to uh Europe in the day, uh he found back in Europe now European men didn't wear beards. They uh, they were very cleanly shaven. They had a clean shaven look. Whereas right. Russian men were uh, much more barbarian. They had thick beards, the likes of which hipsters would be very proud of today. So when he went back, I bet they were all really good baristas. I'm sure they were. <laughs> they wore flannel shirts. <laughs> so when he went back to Russia and he sort of said, "Hey, listen." If we want to become modernized, if we want to, if we want to turn Russia into, you know, to be taken seriously, we need to look clean and shaven too. Now that doesn't go too well when you have most of your male population donning sweet, sweet man beards. So what did he do? He taxed the beard. So if you had a beard, you had to pay a, to- you had to, you had to basically carry around a token showing that you'd paid your beard tax. Um, and so of course, like. It would have been met with huge fury and people have been angry, just like in Monday society. Sometimes you think, you know, all right, I'm angry. This is bullshit. This Peter the Great, he's going he's gonna to be fucking gone in the next election. Trust me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Peter the Great prevailed for 43 years as ruler of Russia. So he did well, what I mean, he wanted. Russia, I didn't know they had elections back then. No, dude. I know. That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. Famous. Famous for their free and fair elections. No, I get <laughs> the it. Russians. Yes. I get it. But what I'm saying is he had a tax and he continued. Look, look what I I'm do, saying is... I, I have, I've actually... Um, I think I've seen a documentary or a show about this. Um, and I think the issue was at the time, it was like it was a religious requirement for men to wear a beard. In Russia, there was like a predominant religion, uh, the Muscovites or something like that. And they a, bit, a beard was part of their religion, part of their culture. They had to have it. Yeah. So the they basically, variants. they couldn't shave it off or they, you know, their God would punish them. So they had to pay the money. So yeah. that, was a, that was an incredible idea that Peter Goran is like, well, if you don't want to pay the money, just shave off your beards knowing that they couldn't because, you know, that? it was part of their religion. So he's like, well... Ching ching, bring it on. Ching ching, the beard tax boys. Just yeah. like we've got our beard ratings, I would say he was a founding father of uh, the podcast, and that's why he, Peter the Great, apart from uh, murder, power, killing his half sister, killing yeah. his children, is my hero <laughs> He's of the our week. Hero of the week. It's going to be like Sean Connery all over again. Um, number one, okay, I know so what your number one is. Do you? Yep. Okay, because it's it's very personal, very yep. important thing. 
Yep. Hell, it's a, it's a family motto, and I want to share it with you. You ready, Tristan? Yeah, bro. I want to know that you're ready. I'm ready, bro. Hurry up. Show me the money. <laughs> Show me the money. It has to be number one. Show the incredible combination of Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooding Jr., Renee Zellweger, and of course, Jonathan Limpnicki. I'm talking the story of a sports agent ditched for wanting to be better and then pulling himself out of the hole. What an incredible movie. Not a lot of money in it, but it had the line, the amazing tagline, show me the money, that everyone was saying it. Remember the 90s? Everyone was saying it. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was an easy number one for me. I started on number one and then had to come up with four other things to fill in after that. So, Oh, I love yeah. it. I love the fact Jerry that Maguire you, is getting my number one spot. You very much lost your way. You're just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Is this, is this Am I doing a thing about movies that have money in it? Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that much we definitely know. I feel like Adzo, I, 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 I hold the somewhat controversial opinion of eh to Jerry Maguire. Um, yeah, and uh, I feel like... Um, you're Adzo, wrong. You look like the kind of person that would. Yeah. Well, Adzo, Adzo has done a reverse Adzo this week, in my in my opinion, where normally he does all the shit stuff go. and then he's number one, he's amazing. Uh, but he started with an amazing movie in Wolf of Wall Street and uh, kind of lost his way from there. So has I Tristan um, informed you of our podcast's new beard tax, which we're instigating <laughs> from this week onwards? <laughs> so it's not going to be cheap, mate. Says um, the man with the beard. I'll get you know rid what, of it in a heartbeat. Do you know what the <laughs> do you know what the movie was that I thought of when 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 thinking about what Adam might be doing? Uh, maybe uh-huh. I just thought of Point Break. For me, it was the I think for me it's the earliest memory I have of you know a bank. You heist. mean Fast and the Furious with surfing? Yeah. Well, the prelude to Fast. What and do you Furious. mean, Phil? <laughs> it was don't, just like don't you. <laughs> that to me was the first movie about like like that was a full on like I sympathize with the with the. Um, the bank robbers. It was about yeah. you know going for the money. Um, I don't know for some reason that was that would have been my subsidiary. You know, no, yeah, add that onto your list. There are lots of heist movies out. No, there. No, I know, but Point Break. I could have come picked on, Ocean's bro. Eleven if I really wanted to. But, yeah, but you dude, know. that would be a waste of time. Show me the money. <laughs> We're just doing lines from these movies. All right, <laughs> great, great raps, guys. That was awesome. Uh, I think we got some number ones there, Phil. You nailed it with your dong. Um, you nailed us all <laughs> As in the head I do. with your dong. Uh, yeah. I like it. Right Let's, in the ears. Happy financial year to all of you. May may this twenty one twenty two happy happy new year. May twenty one twenty two be lucrative. Uh, First of July. I, uh, time to get my taxes in. Yeah. <laughs> may, uh, may I suggest investing in in Shibu? I see it yeah. as only going up from here. Mm. Um. And let's wrap up the show with uh, with a little chappy ass. Let's make it really quick because uh, we've been yeah. talking nay on two and a half hours. Oh, shit. Have we? Well, that's fantastic. A really smart decision, young man. We can put that check in a money market mutual fund. Then we'll reinvest the earnings into foreign currency accounts with compounding interest and it's gone. All right. Wrapping up with chappy asks. Uh, let's assume you're in charge of all corona-related policies, procedures, and laws. What's your first action? Fix the vaccine rollout or legalize a race between Steven Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme to hunt down and eat that one idiot who screws an entire state? Phil, I'm throwing it to you. You're always the man with the with the answer. You know. You yep. know what my answer is. Yep. You know what my answer is. Are you is. eating? And if it's got if it's got Steven Seagal involved, it's time. It's time. I mean, 
it will entertain us all for every minute we wait for the vaccine rollout. I'd like to see Steven Seagal chase anything at this point in time. Have you seen him at any point of the last 20 years? He's not a man. Honestly, it will entertain us for the entire three-year vaccine rollout because (laughs) it's going to take him a long time to catch him. Didn't he become a big fan of North Korea? Isn't he a North Korean? Isn't he? Didn't he join, uh, join the like? I mean, Dennis, it does track with his personality. Dennis Rodman crowd. Yeah, I, I think know. he did. I think Maybe he did. He did. Um, look, look, I, I, I love the premise of these two things, and, um, and absolutely, it's, the, it's the Steven Seagal road. Yep, a legend think, of cinema. I don't think. Look, uh, you know, to, 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 to sort of not contradict what I said earlier in the pod, I don't think necessarily eating one is necessarily the right call, but. You know what? Back in the day, we used to tar and feather people. Why the fuck has that gone away? That's a really, really <laughs> good punishment. Like, yeah. why not have Steven Seagal and John Claude Van Damme? Like, if you're Hunt that down tar and feather, anyone yeah. that breaks the restrictions. Yep. If you're that, if you're that hospital worker in Brisbane who uh, who who works just in front of a COVID clinic and you haven't had the vaccine and decide to go on a holiday even though you've had symptoms for 10 days, that's a tar and feathering. Yeah. If you're... Uh, I want to see the- 12 St. George dragons looking like roosters covered in tar and feathers. That's what I want to see. Or, you know, that the problem is, you know, I can see that being one of those... That just seems like a regular footy show prank. I reckon more <laughs> like that thing where they're putting those wooden, you know... Things where that you get to the chuck barrels? stuff at them, is oh, it yeah. you know the things? Oh, the, the stockades, the, the stocks, stocks, is it? Yeah. yeah, put them in the stocks. Allow yeah. people in the middle of in front of town hall, and just allow people to like. The rule is like you can't hurt them, but you, you can't can, kill like, them. F- fart in their face and <laughs> throw fruit at them. Like I do, fine. I do definitely agree. I, to be honest with you, I didn't even hear the eating them part. I was just too excited by the idea of uh, of the hunting uh, down of Van Dam yeah, yeah. and Steven Seagal hunting somebody um, in any capacity. They could give them a hug at the end of it for all I care. But I, I think yeah, I, the I hunt's going to be the best. I want to see that, that happen. It's all yeah. about exactly. chase. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And then it's like, okay, we scared the shit out of you. Now we'll give you a hug and get back to it. To be fair, most of the things. You know, Chappie sort of that goes through Chappie's head is is eating, um, eating eating people. Um, he he, his solution. I mean, to, that's concerning. Problems is just eating people. Like we could eat them. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we just eat them? Yeah, it's, that's it's doubly concerning. Um, but I given that he's in lockdown, we've learned to yeah. live with it quite well. Yeah. I think in the last yeah. thirty years. But we know yeah. that if he had had the half the chance, he'd eat us. The last you know, the first <laughs> and everyone we love. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely don't want to be in lockdown with a man like that. Um, <laughs> This his is, solution this is, is to everything is to let's hunt them down and eat them, um, but no, <laughs> I right. think uh, I think I think the answer here is is stocks and tar and feathers and uh, yeah. and that We're to all me in is agreement justified. There. Yeah, hunt, I believe the and then answer what happens after that. Fine. Yep. I believe the answer is um, get in on Shibu coin. That's the correct Don't, answer. Correct. We're not endorsing any cryptocurrency so, besides Liven on this Listeners, podcast. get out there. Get onto Shibu coin. Uh, we'll be back oh, it next week. doesn't matter. We're two hopefully, and a half hours in. No one's listening. <laughs> Nowhere to go but up. Hopefully, we can record again in person next week. Uh, I've got this beauty, the, the, the podcast recorder. Um, I don't know. I can't know how to work it yet, but we'll work it out. Um, but apart from that, uh, Phil, is it time to, time to plug us out, bro? Yeah, strap strap the fuck out and go to bed, gentlemen. All right, my friends. Good night, everybody. See you later, everybody. See you next week, kids. Peace. There's the kickoff.